Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Welcome in, everybody. It is a Wednesday. Great to have you with us. It is really cold. It is really uh, slippery out there. We knew the winter uh, storm was coming. The sleep uh, started about uh, 6 a.m. Uh, this morning here in Norman, and uh, yeah, it's, it's hazardous out there, and there is more on the way. So welcome in. Uh, now's a good time, you know. You make sure that you've got all the heat you need in your home, right? Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, you're having issues there, give them a call. They'll do a great job for you. They sponsor our first hour here on uh, Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Parker, how was the, uh, how was the drive-in today? Well, it was slick. It was slippery, no doubt about it. But thankfully, I had just gotten a new set of tires like two weeks ago, and I'm also from Nebraska, as you know. So uh, nothing that was impossible for me to handle. I do understand, though, why everybody is so hesitant to get out on the roads today, because if you're not very, very familiar with driving in snow, uh, it's going to be hazardous. Yeah, and uh, you have always uh, touted your Nebraska – driving skills which really come into play on a day like this and we've had a couple you know instances like this here recently so you uh you always feel pretty confident out there plus you got new tires i mean you're good to go right i mean you can you can go out and do donuts do whatever you want i'm sure yeah well i mean that's one of the it's one of the few instances in which having grown up in nebraska works to my advantage so it's on days like this that i feel like a pseudo superhero almost there you go. All right, so what's more ugly, the conditions out today, outside and on the roads, or the Sooners' performance in Lubbock last night? Because that was uh, that, that was not good. Mike, when you don't have a double-digit scorer, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it gets much uglier than that. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Hill led the way with eight points. I mean, I wonder how many times in OU basketball history that somebody has led the team in scoring with eight points. Maybe back in the days where they were the really short shorts, you know, and the final scores were, you know, 44 to 36 or whatever, like, you know, in those days. But, man, uh, we knew last night was going to be difficult. We knew that. And uh, Tech had a little revenge on their mind. They're an excellent basketball team. They've got a really good home court advantage, the Sooners. Without E.J. Harkless also out for the year, you knew it was going to be a uphill climb. They were going to have to climb Everest and reach the summit to win that game last night, and they didn't really even get out of base camp. Now, it was 29-22, Parker, at half last night, and you're wondering, how's Oklahoma within seven here? And then they're outscored by the Red Raiders, uh, 37-20. to uh, uh three with two seconds left got the Sooners at least over 40 points, but uh would that be the low point of the season right there for Oklahoma yes undoubtedly and the thing about it is Mike and we talked about it yesterday this was a win that Oklahoma didn't necessarily need to have but losing it in that fashion helps you exactly not at all and so now you have exactly zero margin for error you need to win your final three games you probably need to win at least once in the big 12 tournament and as things sit right now, Mike, to me, this team loses one more time before Big 12 tournament play. Yeah, it's over I'm with for you. them. I mean, they are their playoff hope, their their tournament hopes. Excuse me, are on life support as it is. I mean, it's only going to take one more loss for us to be able to effectively pull the plug on Oklahoma's chances. Yeah, and you know, I, I think. 
some people are, are almost automatically assuming that the Sooners are going to beat Oklahoma State in that rooster tip-off, you know, Saturday in Norman, or beat West Virginia next Tuesday. It's not a given with this Oklahoma team. They, they've dropped a bunch of home games this year. Look, again, I think they, they play hard. And I think they're well-drilled. I think they're well-coached. I think they're outmanned in a lot of these games, and they're really outmanned now without Harkless in there, uh, especially on the defensive side. But um, it's an uphill climb. Would it be better for the Sooners? Uh, look, prestige-wise, it is never better uh, to go to any tournament other than the NCAA tournament. But in terms of maybe getting a couple extra games, maybe making a run, maybe building a little momentum for – Next season, uh, would it better be a situation, would it be a better situation for Oklahoma maybe to go to the NIT? What do you think? No, and I'll go to war with anybody who wants to push that narrative and uh, employ that argument. Because to me, literally no one cares about the NIT. Mike, not a single person cares. And so you can talk about it building momentum for next season or giving this team some conference to build or confidence to build off of uh, heading into what should be just as difficult and just as um, deep and loaded Big 12 conference next season. But to me, you the goal every single year is to get to the field of 68. And anything short of that to me is a failure. And I don't think the expectation in year one under Porter Moser was that Oklahoma was going to get to the tournament, but I think a lot of folks would have considered it a strong possibility. And so it's year one of a new regime with this Sooner basketball team. You're dealing with a roster that includes nine transfers. The ceiling was only going to be so high for this program. But to me, I, if you don't get to the tournament, it doesn't really matter where you end up at that point because it's kind of like the old uh, Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last type of thing. If you're not in the field of 68, no one cares. No, I, I'm with you. It, it's kind of the same argument you hear if Oklahoma's struggling. You know, you might hear a football fan say, man, and you know, we don't need to go to the playoff again. And I always think, yes, you do. You need to get to the playoff. I've heard that, you know, thrown out there in football occasionally. I've been hearing a few people throw that out there uh, in terms of this basketball team. But I don't you, – you don't get really any momentum – from going to the NIT and winning three games, or even winning the tournament. It's more about getting to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, in a different situation, let's say Billy Tubbs' second year at Oklahoma, when it was different, the NIT was a lot more prestigious. The NCAA tournament didn't have 68 teams. Yes, that's a totally different scenario, and that definitely bolstered Billy Tubbs' program in his second year to get there and uh, do what they did. They lost to, uh, was it Bradley, I think, in the final? Um, but that that was a, a different time, different day and time. Uh, the NIT serves no purpose, I, I think, for this team. Uh, again, it would be NCAA tournament or bust. And like I said, man, they're, they're going down the uh, highway towards the tournament and they've got the little bitty spare tire and they've got smoke you know coming out from underneath the hood and the engines uh you know clanking and making noise and everything they're just trying to get there and i don't know parker to me it doesn't look like they're going to get there because i i don't have the confidence can they win these last three games yes yes they've got to play a lot better but i don't see them doing it particularly with the game at bramlage on march 5th in manhattan and I think, again, if you're 6-12 and 12 in the league, uh, which is where they would be if they win Bedlam, 
uh, coming up Saturday, and if they win against West Virginia at home next Tuesday, uh, they would get to 6-12, and 12, and that's not going to be good enough. So, you know, again, somebody was asking me, man, Porter Moser, what's the deal? Great hire. What about this season? It's a disappointment. I'm like, look, Porter Moser had to Frankenstein a squad together, literally Frankenstein's monster of a roster. They've got some good players, but they don't have any great players. They don't have any great players. And, uh, you know, I know everybody was excited about the uh, the Groves brothers, and they may still do more. We'll have to wait and see. But also, they've seen, you know, what Power 5, you know, basketball, big-time basketball is all about in the Big 12, the best conference in the country. And I, I think, you know, Tanner Groves is the example I look at. I think he's a pretty good player. I think he plays hard. I think he's a good kid to have in your program. But he's overmatched in a lot of these games. So what's your take on the uh, the overall outlook of the season if the Sooners don't get there? Because it doesn't look like they're going to get there, Parker. Well, at that point, you reload and you start thinking about next season. You've got a good, you've got a good amount of talent on this roster. You're going to lose Jordan Goldwire. You're going to lose Marvin Johnson. Shagwa. And you're going to lose Ethan Shagwa. Those are the three guys you have to replace. To me, Mike, here's where I stand with regard to this basketball team, here's where I think they need to improve. Porter Moser has recruited a couple of tremendous young guards in Otega Uwe and Milos Uzan. And he'll be returning, presumably, Emoji Gibson. Elijah Harkless has already said he's coming back. You got Bijan Cortez. You got Austin Mason. You got C.J. Noland. In my eyes, the backcourt is not a concern. But... As I look at the last 10 to 15 years of Oklahoma basketball, Mike, the one thing that Oklahoma's been missing since the departure of Blake Griffin is a dominant traditional big, which has been a necessity if you want to win basketball games in the Big 12 Conference, historically speaking. And I think that's what has held Oklahoma back. I was talking to Josh Helmer about it off air a few minutes ago, and he said, look, if that 2016 team has a dominant big man with Buddy Heald, that team may end up winning the national championship. That was what they were missing, was a strong presence on the interior. And so, as I look ahead to next season, that's one thing that I feel like, that's one area of the team that I feel like Porter Moser needs to shore up, is his front court. He needs to have a player that can post up, can rebound, can defend in the paint, because Tanner Groves is not that guy. And Tanner Groves is a good basketball player, don't get me wrong. But he is not capable of going toe-to-toe in the paint with the elite big men of the Big 12 on a night-to-night basis. Cameron Crutwig would have been huge for this team. Yeah, Mike, And having a guy like that in the mix could be the difference at this point in time between Oklahoma on the outside looking into the tournament and being squarely in the field of 68. But to me, you cannot head into next season with the presumption that Tanner Groves is going to be your starting five. Because in my eyes... You need a five that is more physically capable of pushing guys around down low. Tanner Groves, just he, he's not that guy. He has not proven that he has that capability. 
Yeah, and for uh, Porter Moser, I know this has got to be frustrating. He's he's used to winning a ton of games. I mean, he's been to the Final Four with Loyola of Chicago, did a great job, was one of the hottest coaches uh, out there in college basketball, and I still think he's going to do a good job at Oklahoma. It'll be interesting to see eventually when they get to the SEC what it's going to look like. Uh, I know that Porter will be talking about the, trying to get that new arena again after the season. I think he's probably going to talk a lot about that. That's big for Oklahoma. But for next year, the good news is, this you can fix basketball fairly quickly i mean the portal helps in in every sports now every sport that we have out there football we see you know what mule shoes doing out there totally revamping usc's roster uh we saw what it did for oklahoma obviously the year that jalen hurts came in and basketball you can do even more so uh they'll get some help there he's recruited uh, you know it looks like again as you said they're going to be good in the backcourt but uh they're not good enough that roster is not good enough right now in a conference like the Big 12, where there basically are hardly any nights off at all. And the Sooners, again, you look at the last three, that's a very favorable last three to play in the conference to close it out. But the way they're playing right now, particularly that game in Manhattan, I don't see them running the table. All right, we'll break right here. Good to have you with us. Thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, our sponsor here during hour number one on The Ref. Everybody stay safe, stay warm. Just keep listening to the home of Sooner fans, The Ref Radio Network. We're coming right back. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on The Ref Sports Radio Network. You're home for Sooner fans. Hey, Oklahoma friends, let me tell you a little something about Rightway Insurance. They're an independent insurance company, which means they work for you. They can use their network of providers to search for better coverage and a better deal for your insurance policy. Give Rightway Insurance a call today at 405-607-6014. That's 405-607-6014 to find better, more affordable home and auto insurance. That's Rightway Insurance, 405-607-6014. The world is full of anchors, meant to keep you in place. But the good news is that it's also full of things that remind you not to let them. So every time you raise a Pacifico, let it be a reminder to live life anchors up. Reliable, fast, affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC 85 years ago. We are reinvesting in Oklahoma by bringing high-speed fiber services to your homes, businesses, and schools. Make sure to visit us today at OECFiber.com to get started. OEC Fiber. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. This February, don't just win a heart, win a big jackpot at Riverwind. Maybe cuddle up for a game of poker. Or fall in love with that beautiful blackjack. There's 80 grand to be won in our river of romance. You'll love five times entries on Mondays and Tuesdays. Only at the one. Well, doggone it. What happened, Uncle? 
I broke my daggone MacBook. Hey, no problem, Uncle. You know what? We'll call Bob and Chuck at the Mac Man. Bob and Chuck have more than 60 years combined experience repairing Macs and caring for Mac owners. We can call them up right now at 405-794-8114. That's 405-794-8114. Or reach out to them online at theokcmacman.com. The Mac Man is proudly Oklahoma's most experienced Apple-authorized service provider. know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. We know you're sad that football season is now officially over. Hello, darkness, my wolf. I'm fine. It's just that life is pointless and nothing matters and I'm always tired. Also, I can't sleep. I'm overeating. But you know the ref has got just the thing to lift those winter blues. And that's all of the giveaways we've got with March's Big Dance. Stay tuned to The Ref for all the ways you can win by making the right call and be part of the best 68 team giveaway in the state at Buffalo Wild Wings off 19th Street and Moore on March 14th with prizes from JR's Barbecue, Extreme Outdoor Equipment, and many more of our great sponsors. Want more ways to win? Be sure to stay tuned for The Ref's annual bracket challenge. That's this March on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans and the home of all your March Madness ways to win. Make the right call and get your one shining moment this March. Uh, Yeah, a little roll with the changes here. Kevin Cronin, REO. Pretty good. Yeah, the Sooner basketball team going to have to roll with the changes a little bit because uh, they got to change something up. They got to play better, obviously. And look, you're playing on the road against one of the uh, top 10 teams in the country that plays defense every single night hard for uh, 40 minutes. Tech is that team. And Oklahoma just uh, got their doors blown off in the second half. 37 to 20, Tech in the second half. Uh, You were kind of wondering how the Sooners were even within seven at halftime, but Oklahoma Saturday next up, Bedlam, 11 a.m., rooster tip-off, CBS against Oklahoma State. Next Tuesday at home against uh, the Mountaineers of West Virginia, and then they wrap up the regular season in what could be a colossal game, and really every game for Oklahoma in terms of tournament hopes, which are being dashed uh, with every game. And I don't know, I'd give the Sooners maybe a – about a 33% chance to get there. Uh, the game in Manhattan at Bramlage, where Oklahoma's had difficulty winning, uh, will close out the regular season Saturday, March 5th, in uh, Manhattan against K-State. And K-State losing to KU last night. Uh, Jayhawks win that game 66-42. Ochai Obaji, 23.7 rebounds for Kansas in that victory. All right, let's switch our attention, Parker, to football. Tell me about Caleb Beasley a name that Oklahoma fans need to be familiar with. You know all these uh, offers and all these uh, kids who are going to be visiting Oklahoma. Tell me a little bit about uh, Caleb Beasley. Yeah, so Caleb Beasley, six foot, 170-pound cornerback from Lipscomb, Tennessee. Now, uh, he obviously announced on social media earlier today that he is going to be in attendance at Oklahoma on March 26th when they are bringing in 
quite a few elite targets from all across the country in the classes of 2024 and 2025. We're talking about big names like C.J. Hurd, the safety out of the state of Georgia, Jalen Mbakwe, another high-end defensive back. So uh, a lot of these guys that are coming in are defensive players, and that tracks with the Venables philosophy, right, and particularly with recruiting that region of the country. You know, Oklahoma has been able to – score a guy or two every single year out of that territory. Think about Woody Washington from Murfreesboro back in 2019. Jaden Davis from Fort Lauderdale. Nick Benito's another Florida guy. So generally the Southeast has provided Oklahoma with a player or two on the defensive side every single year. But make no mistake, that is going to be the main area of focus in terms of defensive recruiting for Brent Venables, Todd Bates, and the remainder of this Oklahoma staff. So as you look at these offers going out to kids from the states of Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, uh, make no mistake about it, OU is going to be there recruiting heavily in future years. And Brent Venables and Todd Bates and Ted Roof, Brandon Hall, every single member of this defensive staff, they are engaged in a full-scale effort uh, to make Oklahoma a player for these major prospects in SEC territory because, as we know, Oklahoma is about to be an SEC program, Mike. And if you want to play in the SEC, you want to play high-level ball in the SEC, and you want to contend with the likes of Alabama and Georgia and Florida and LSU, then – you got to go toe-to-toe with them on the recruiting trail and win some of those battles that would traditionally swing the other way. All right, so you mentioned uh, March 26th for uh, Caleb Beasley coming to OU. Uh, March 5th is also going to be a big day, obviously, junior day. You've got Richard Young coming in, right, the running back you talked about yesterday. And uh, you still think Alabama-Georgia leading the way there, but the Sooners trying to get in the picture. How much are they in the picture for Richard Young? You know, I was talking about this yesterday with Tyler. Um, I would not hold my breath on it. Let me just put it that way. Is there a chance? Yes. Is there a good chance? I don't know that I would go that far right now. Richard Young is going to have his pick of the litter all across. He's the number one running back in the 24-7 sports composite. So the industry consensus is that there is not a better running back in America in the 2023 class than Richard Young. Now, he has been to Oklahoma before. But that was before the staff transition, and so I, I, am, I have a healthy degree of skepticism with regard to Oklahoma's standing in this recruitment. Again, is it impossible that OU could work their way into contention and maybe earn an official visit from Richard Young? No, but I'm not banking on it right now. Let's put it that way. I think once he gets on campus on March 5th and gets the chance to interact with the new staff and interact with his peers, then that will give us a much better idea of how much of a leg the Sooners have to stand on in that race. If you're looking again at the 2023 class and you're pointing at, say, three prospects out there right now that you think Oklahoma definitely needs to get to take that next step, the three most important names right now would be who for you? uh, So we're limiting this to 2023? Yeah, and you can go 2024 if you want to. If you want to no, go, no, no, it's, it's okay. I'll keep it. I'll keep it to 23. I mean, the guy, the two guys I always start with, and two guys that Oklahoma's in really good position for, are five-star wideout Jalen Hale, and then five-star defensive lineman David Hicks. Both of those guys, I believe, have the potential to be generational talents. And to that, I would add three-star Derby Kansas running back Dylan Edwards, who's a name that you've heard a lot in recent weeks because. Oklahoma is in very, very strong standing 
in Dylan Edwards' recruitment, and you flip on the tape, that's a baby Tyreek Hill right there. That's a Tavon Austin type of weapon. He's dynamic, he's versatile, and he is the fastest, most elusive guy on any football field he steps on. So you're saying he is uh, he's a Deuce Vaughn, uh, you know, Darren Sproles type, yes. but maybe with a little more receiving ability? Or yes. What? I, I, Darren Sproles, let me, let me put it this way. At least in the last couple classes, in the last couple recruiting cycles, Dylan Edwards is the closest thing to Darren Sproles that I've seen. Yeah, and, and Oklahoma fans still have some nightmares about Darren Sproles, right? And Deuce Vaughn, for that matter, particularly that game in Norman they lost at home. But uh, you think about that Big 12 championship game in Kansas City when the Sooners were favored, and it was Darren Sproles' night, man. He ate Oklahoma alive. So if you can have a versatile chess piece like that, I think we kind of thought maybe Mario Williams would be that piece last year, and it never really came to fruition, though, right? Yeah, I mean, Mario was more of a traditional wideout than anything else. I mean, he was a guy that you could line up outside, you could line him up in the slot. But here's what I do think. I think Rayleigh Brown was the type of player that Lincoln Riley, Muleshoe, I'm sorry, figured was going to open up a world of new possibilities in his offense yeah. in Oklahoma. And Rayleigh Brown will open up a world of new possibilities for Muleshoe, but at USC instead of Oklahoma. Now, Rayleigh Brown, to me, is a guy that I would compare more to a Tyreek Hill than I would to a Darren Sproles. To me, Edwards has more Sproles in him than Tyreek Hill. But what Rayleigh Brown would have been for this Oklahoma program, Dylan Edwards very much has the potential to be that guy as well. So that is a player that Oklahoma would be well advised to make a strong push to lock down here soon. Besides Richard Young, who would be a guy that the Sooners are in on now that maybe they're third or fourth on the list if they could close a deal and bring that guy in? Who would that guy be for OU in the 2023 class? Yeah, well, I think you, you, you think you look at like, oh, okay, maybe Oklahoma has a shot, and then they bring that guy in and they sign him. Who would that guy be? Yeah, well, I think the uh, I think they're in the lead, quite honestly, for Trey Wisner, the four-star back out of Waco, Texas. Uh, if I had to place bets on one running back that Oklahoma's going to sign in this class, I don't really put Dylan Edwards in that category because he's an athlete, he's a slash guy, he's not a pure running back. If I had to place bets on one pure running back that I think Oklahoma gets – that's Trey Wisner, and it's really not close for me. So if that's the guy that you're building around at the running back position and you can complement that with another pickup, the likes of a Richard Young, for instance, and I don't think Oklahoma's going to get Richard Young, but if you can lock down another blue-chip guy to pair with Wisner and the dynamo that is Dylan Edwards, you're in really good shape going forward with regard to your backfield picture because – at that point, between the two, three that you will sign in 2023, plus Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk, whom you signed in the class of 2022, you've got weapons for days out of that backfield. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. It is Steelman and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network on a, uh, well, I don't know. It, it looks kind of pretty out there, but if you're out there traveling and trying to get uh, from point A to point B, it's going to be a lot more difficult today with the uh, the conditions out there. We had the sleet. We've got uh, some snow coming in 
uh, tonight, tomorrow, maybe a little more ice coming in, so just be careful out there. And uh, we have Jesse Crittenden coming up next, sports editor, Norman Transcript. We'll talk, what else, Sooner basketball, and we'll jump into some football. All of that coming up next. It is a Wednesday edition of Steelman and Thune here on The Ref. Glad to have you with us. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. We'll get to your text here in a little bit as well. Stay with us here on The Ref. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Reliable, fast, affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC 85 years ago. We are reinvesting in Oklahoma by bringing high-speed fiber services to your homes, businesses, and schools. Make sure to visit us today at OECFiber.com to get started. OEC Fiber. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. Why do you move? For health, strength, endurance, power, love. There are a million reasons why we move and every one of them matters. Let us at OrthoCentral help keep you moving. OrthoCentral is proud to welcome sports medicine physician Aaron Smathers and joint replacement specialist Jeremiah Maupin to the team and they're now taking appointments. For more information, call 405-360-6764. OrthoCentral, it's in our bones to take care of yours. When we look back, let's be proud of what we've become. Stronger and wiser, more caring and patient, more prepared and more resilient than ever before. At First United Bank, we're here to help make sure that when we look back, we'll see that we not only survived, but that we're ready to thrive. And that's something we can all look forward to. This is Teddy Lehman on behalf of my former Sooner teammate, Josh Tucker and RoofTech of Oklahoma. They guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry that you won't get anywhere else. RoofTech is fully insured and regulated by the Oklahoma Construction Industries Board. So if you need help with your roofing needs, call RoofTech today, 405-703-4245. That's 405-703-4245. Join Heyday during spring break and experience spring break for your wallet. Starting at $49.99, the Family Fun Pack includes one hour of bowling, one large pepperoni pizza, and four 20-token arcade fun cards. At just $65.99, the Revolution Fun Pack offers one hour of bowling, an order of two soft pretzels, an order of chips and queso, and one bucket of domestic bottled beer. With every purchase of Double Dave's $5.99 Pizza Buffet, a complimentary 20-token arcade fun card will be handed out. Offers last between March 11th through the 20th. Join in on the fun and make Heyday a part of your spring break. With Oklahoma weather, it's hard to predict when winter temperatures may strike. That's why it's important to stay up to date on your heater's maintenance. And if you do run into problems, the experts at Norman Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing are here for you. We've been keeping families warm and safe in their homes since 2008. So if you need a heater repaired or just a tune-up, give us a call or visit us online at normanair.com. That's normanair.com, the heating, air conditioning, and plumbing company you can count on. Looking at a pretty lopsided matchup, Jim. Ron, this newcomer has no idea what he's getting himself into. Let's go to the action. 
Jim, the size difference alone is staggering. Unbelievable, Ron. And this guy acts like he doesn't have a care in the world. What is he thinking? Every day, people tempt fate and die trespassing on railroad tracks. See tracks, think train. You might know that State Farm agent Cindy Nasher has great service. Cindy is your good neighbor after all. But did you know that State Farm has surprisingly great rates too? Yep, that's right. Along with good neighbor service, State Farm agent Cindy Nasher has surprisingly great rates for everyone in Norman. So call State Farm agent Cindy Nasher at 405-307-0500 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. All right, welcome back. It is a Wednesday edition of Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hour number one brought to you by Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. And man, you need uh, you need you better have your heating in order today because you're going to need it it is it is chilly it is uh not going to get any better for a while uh friday it'll start warming up a little bit uh if you're having an issue there call tim lasher and lasher home comfort systems they are awesome jesse crittenden joins us he is the uh, sports editor for the norman transcript and uh, jesse appreciate your time today Okay, uh, give me a percentage chance the Sooners can still get to the NCAA tournament after that debacle in uh, Lubbock last night. That's a good question. Man, I think they're, they're, that percentage dropped pretty steeply um, after that loss. I, mean, I think I would put it probably around 15 or 20%. I mean, they've got, uh, I think, I don't even know if uphill is the right word, but they've got an uphill climb to, to try to get to the tournament at this point. Let me ask you this, Jesse. What's worse at this point, the fact that they lost last night or the optics of that loss? Because the reality is they can win three straight games to close the regular season and still be right back in the thick of it. But losing in that fashion the way that they did by 24 points in Lubbock without a double-digit score might not sit well in the eyes of the selection committee on Selection Sunday. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think there there's no shame in losing that game last night, right? I mean, Texas Tech um, is a really good team. Uh, Lubbock is a, is a really tough place to play. Um, OU got the better of them a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, I think Texas Tech, you know, probably had a little bit more of a sense of urgency to really come out and play well. And, but I think what was most disappointing was, OU was actually in that game at halftime. They were down by just seven points and then just completely um, imploded in that second half. And really that 24-point final margin of defeat was, I mean, it looked better than it really was. I mean, I think they had only scored seven points with five minutes left to go in the second half. So, I mean, yeah, I think it was about the way they lost. And it's tough that Elijah Harkless is out. You know, he, he's a valuable player for them, but I think it, I mean, it was just a, it was a disappointing performance, particularly in that second half. You know, we, uh, we've talked about, you know, it's unusual to see a guy lead the team in scoring with eight points, which is exactly what Jalen Hill did last night. Like I said, you may have to go way back to, I don't know, 40s or, or the 50s to figure out somebody who led Oklahoma in scoring with like eight points. Uh, and that was the case last night. 
I want to talk about Tanner Groves, though. Um, you know, he's been good in some games, but, you know, the expectations, everybody's talking about, man, did you see what he did against Kansas last year in March Madness? He and his brother were great. And, yes, they were. And I think they're good players. But they were also playing in the big sky last year against Idaho and Montana and northern Arizona and northern Colorado. And, and you know, uh, this step up has not just been – you know, from a smaller conference to a Power Five conference, but the best conference in America. Uh, does he look at times just overwhelmed uh, to you out there? Yeah, I think so. And, and it's a good point about the step up in competition. But I, I think what we've also seen is just that there are limits to his game. I mean, he's not really a shot creator. Um, you know, he's not he's not just a force um, in the paint and at the rim. He kind of relies you know, he, he's reliant on the other players on this team to set up looks for him. And if, and if the guards are struggling, if they're struggling to get penetration at the rim or if they're struggling to make shots, then, it, then it's easier to contain him. He, he kind of feeds off of what the other players are doing. He's, just, he's not really a perimeter creator. He, he's not doing a, a ton off the dribble. So, I mean, he obviously has skills and he has talent that he brings to this team, but – uh, he he's just a pretty he's pretty reliant on everybody else, and if nobody else can really get him going, I think we we see performances like these last three games. I mean, four points, seven points, five points. I mean, I think I think that's kind of what happens if somebody on the team, whether that's Jordan Goldwire or you know Mo Gibson, if somebody can't get him going, he he's probably going to be pretty limited. Jesse, what do you think this team is missing? If we're looking ahead to next season and what Porter Moser needs to do in terms of personnel year one to year two to solve some of this team's glaring flaws, what is the one thing that you think stands out more than anything else? What are they missing that they need to add to the mix if they're going to be solidly in the field of 68 at this time next year? Well, this is easier said than done, obviously, but I think really what they need is a go-to ball handler, somebody that, you know, when it's when the going gets tough, when the other team's on a run, which is, is going to happen no matter how good you are in, in the Big 12 or in conference play in general, you need to have somebody that can kind of settle things down, maybe get their own shot or consistently get to the rim. I, I think what, what they really need is a guard that uh, can kind of fill in gaps as needed. And I think what we've seen, especially in that second half at times is, you know, a lot of times there's not, there, there's just not somebody that can kind of settle things down and get you a basket. You know, they're, they're pretty reliant on ball movement, which is, which is great. You know, it's, it's good to pass the ball and get other people involved. But I mean, I think we saw with Texas tech last night, they've got a couple of guys that sometimes you just need to dump it down to somebody and, and, and tell them to go get you a bucket. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find that guy, but I think they, they really need perimeter creators that can create for others and also get their own shot. Jesse Crittenden, our guest, sports editor, Norman Transcript. Uh, I want to switch and transition to football here and uh, ask you a question that Parker and I were talking about yesterday. Give me two or three names of uh, some Sooner players next year that you think could be breakout players for OU um, in football, that's a it's a great question, and I think there's I think there's a ton of candidates. Um, but what immediately comes to mind, I mean, my first thought is Danny Stutzman, um, who obviously you know had a, had a pretty good year as a freshman this year, um, but he missed some games with an injury, and you know there there was a lot of 
you know, a lot of players vying for, for playing time, uh, you know, at, at linebacker. I think with some of those guys gone, with, with Brent Venables in the fold, and I, I, think, I think that's just a perfect combination. And, and I, think, I think Venables is going to be able to bring out, um, you know, different things in, in Stutzman. I think the talent is there. You know, the skill level is there. And I think if he can stay healthy, um, he's an obvious candidate. And I think another one on the defensive side of the ball is Shane Whittier. Um, you know, he had some inconsistent playing time this year um, as a sophomore. Kind of, you know, Alex Grinch at times kind of had some weird substitution patterns that I think kept some guys from getting into a rhythm. Um, but, I mean, again, I think with with some spots opening up on, on that side of the ball, you know, I think he's a guy that can that can make a junior leap that you see from other guys. And on the offensive side of the ball, this might be kind of cheating, but I think we're going to see a, a bigger Marvin Mims year uh, next season. This was kind of a, a setback for him. For him, I mean, he had moments, but you know, he only had 32 catches on the year, uh, fewer than he did his freshman year. Um, I, I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be able to get him the ball. Uh, I think Jeff Levy is going to is going to be able to open up his game, and, and I think we can expect a better year from him next season. Let's flip back over to basketball here, Jesse, because I want to ask you, big topic of conversation lately has been whether or not Oklahoma needs a new arena, what form and where geographically that arena would be put in place, and how that would come to be, how quickly it would come to be. What are your thoughts on that whole conversation, and do you think the Lloyd Noble Center's time is uh, running low? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I think this has been a, a topic, you know, for a few years now that that's really heated up this past season. But I mean, uh, Porter Moser and, and Jenny Baranchik were both asked. I mean, point blank, do, do we need a, you know, does Oklahoma need a new arena? Uh, and both of their answers were yes, uh, especially from from Jenny, who said, I mean, that's a priority to get a new arena. Um, I mean, I think obviously OU is going to move to the SEC um, in the near future. Um, but but even then, I mean, I think I think if you look at other arenas um, in, in the Big Twelve and across the country, there's there's just a different environment that exists at these arenas. That they feel, you know, you you feel the crowd more. Uh, you know, maybe maybe there's better facilities. Uh, th- that's not to say that the that the Lloyd Noble Center, you know, is, is bad or, or anything like that. But I I just think that it's time. Um, to to invest a little bit more in the basketball programs and, and also just to have a, a nicer arena that you can you can do other things in. But I mean, I think that the the coaches of of the basketball programs for sure. I know KJ Kindler uh, with women's gymnastics has talked about it before. I mean, I think I think the the time is is coming for a new arena. Yeah, the the Lloyd Noble Center is a multi-purpose arena. It's it's not uh, designed for basketball. It's like you can play basketball in here, but man, we're gonna have some concerts. I mean, it's been around forever. I mean, Kiss played there back in the day. I mean, you've had everybody's play there. It seems like. Um, so yeah, I think uh, you know the question is, will that better serve the Sooner basketball fans? Will they get to these games? Uh, I think the arena is part of the excuse and the fact that you, the way you have to get to the arena, if you maybe go to the North Park area and you can go straight off I-35, uh, that could help. But it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Hey, Jesse, really good stuff. We appreciate your time. We will talk again soon. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Jesse Crittenden, a sports editor, Norman Transcript, joining us here on Steelman and Thune, Wednesday edition. 
Good to have you with us. Thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour. Again, great Sooner, great company. They've done great work for us here at Shea Stadium, which is where I am today because I'm I'm really wimpy, and Parker's a real man. He got to the studio. Look at him. He's got those Nebraska driving skills, though. Every move he makes out there on the road is money. All right, we'll take a break right here. We'll get to some texts and uh Phil Mickelson, man, his reputation in tatters, losing a sponsor as well. We'll talk about that also. Keep it here on The Ref. New coach, new year, same great Sooner coverage. This is The Ref Radio Sports Network. Just win a heart, win a big jackpot at Riverwind. Maybe cuddle up for a game of poker. Fall in love with that beautiful blackjack. There's 80 grand to be won in our river of romance. And you'll love five times entries on Mondays and Tuesdays. Only at the one. We know you're sad that football season is now officially over. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I'm fine. It's just that life is pointless and nothing matters and I'm always tired. Also, I can't sleep. I'm overeating. But you know the ref has got just the thing to lift those winter blues. And that's all of the giveaways we've got with March's Big Dance. Stay tuned to the ref for all the ways you can win by making the right call and be part of the best 68 team giveaway in the state at Buffalo Wild Wings off 19th Street and Moore on March 14th with prizes from JR's Barbecue, Extreme Outdoor Equipment, and many more of our great sponsors. Want more ways to win? Be sure to stay tuned for the ref's annual bracket challenge. That's this March on the ref, the home of Sooner fans and the home of all your March Madness ways to win. Make the right call and get your one shining moment this March. It's Bedlam time in Oklahoma. Your Oklahoma men's basketball team returns to the Lloyd Noble Center on Saturday, February 26th at 11 a.m. to take on Oklahoma State. Make it a doubleheader and join us again at 4 as our women's basketball team takes on Kansas State. Redeem your men's ticket at the box office and receive $5 tickets for the women's game. For tickets and more information, visit Soonersports.com slash tickets. Boomer Sooner. Hi, I'm Trevor Turner with RK Black. RK Black is the leading provider of copier, fax, printer, scanner, document management, and information technology solutions to small and medium-sized organizations in and around Oklahoma. When you think of a big league company, think RK Black. RK Black is the official provider of the Oklahoma City Thunder with Sharp. Let RK Black and Sharp become your official service provider for your office needs. Visit us online at rkblack.com or call 943-9800. When you support the Y, you're supporting more than healthy lifestyles. You're supporting the values and programs that strengthen your community. You're supporting a place where kids learn to be safer on water, a place where teamwork is born, and a place where bullying is overcome. At the Y, children learn what they can achieve, families spend quality time together, and we all build relationships that deepen our sense of belonging. For more than a workout, for a better us, support the Y. Visit ymcanorman.org to learn about your community Y and support us today. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? 
Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. I'm Josh Edge, Market President of Armstrong Bank in Norman. I'm excited to share that Armstrong Bank is updating our look to better reflect who we are. We've changed our logo, but the people and values behind our bank are still rock solid. We're still committed to serving our customers, investing in the community, and helping each other along the way. When you bank here, you're part of the Armstrong Bank family. That will never change. Look for our new logo around town. We're eager to share it with you. Armstrong.Bank, member FDIC. Students helping students through the More Love campaign graces the February cover of 19th Street Magazine. Included in the February issue are stories covering the Moore Police Department Citizens Police Academy, the new Wellness Center in Cleveland County, how Tanner Groves and Maddie Williams are powering Sooner Basketball towards an exciting final couple of months, and the Veteran of the Month, John Jewell. The February issue of 19th Street is now available in print and online at sportstalk1400.com. What is a good neighbor? It's someone nearby who helps make your life a little easier. I'm State Farm Agent Julia Chu, and my team and I take time to understand your insurance and financial needs. So whether you're preparing for retirement or in need of auto, home, life, or business insurance, get the kind of help you'd expect from a good neighbor. Visit the Julia Chu Agency or call 329-3311. Come visit at our new location, 701 Wall okay, Street, I got my stopwatch ready here. Reset. All right, welcome back. Good to have you with us. Thanks again to Jesse Crittenden for coming on. Sports editor Norman Transcript does a good job and a good guest also. Talking a little sooner football and basketball. So uh, Phil Mickelson today, Parker Thune, you know, he had those comments to Alan Shipnuck, who, uh, of course, uh, was writing for SI Golf, writing for Golf Magazine. Uh, I think he's got, like, uh, Fireside Community or something. What is it called? that he's doing now anyway he's doing the book with phil and uh, you know he published the comments about the saudi golf tour and phil said you know these i know these are some scary mfers but you know i'm trying to do this for the future of the game well you know there's been so much backlash justin thomas spoke out rory spoke out man a lot of people have been speaking out about phil mickelson uh and think about this where he was last year uh, last, you know, spring, summer, when he won at Kiowa Island, won the PGA. Out of nowhere, won the PGA. And it was like Phil's last hurrah in terms of winning a major championship. He's been playing on the Champions Tour and doing well there. And uh, Phil is one of the most beloved figures in golf. And, you know, from time to time, Phil uh, jumps out there and says some stuff. But this was not good. This was not good at all, and he's trying to backtrack a little bit, uh, saying that those comments were off the record to Alan Shipnook, who said, uh, no, no, they weren't. We never, Phil never said off the record. He knew I was doing a book. There was never any uh, conversation about these uh, comments uh, being off the record. So Phil uh, loses his KPMG sponsorship. 
they parted ways. So will Phil bounce back from this? Yeah, he will. It'll it'll take a while. I'm not saying that Phil is, is not going to be liked by the golfing community, but this doesn't look good, but it will fade. I mean, the greatest player of all time, you know, cheated on his wife, was running around chasing women all the time. Tiger is also, you know, he was in his Mercedes Benz with two flat tires and an empty pill bottle on the side of the road, you know. And Tiger people, we are in a forgiving society. Um, Tiger has done worse. And, look, I'm a huge Tiger Woods fan. I mean, but some of the stuff that he did, you're like, man, that's not good. But Phil Mickelson, I think, uh, PR-wise, will bounce back from that. But that's pretty big, Parker, when you think think of that cap he's worn forever, KPMG, and they said, yeah, I guess we're going to part ways with Phil. So, um you know, I, I think that Phil has always been a guy that Phil seems to be the guy, kind of a guy that you might have to the party and like, man, he never stops talking. And that's Phil, you know, um, and I like there's a lot to like about Phil, you know, hitting bombs and some of his videos. And uh, but at times you're like, all right, Phil, that's a little too much. And this was a lot too much, I think, for um, people in the golf community. So. I don't know. What do you think about the damage to his reputation and uh, how long he'll be impacted? Well, here's here's the thing. I'm not sure Phil Mickelson cares. He certainly doesn't have to care because think about some notable people in recent years who have completely disappeared from the public eye after they encountered widespread public ire. Obviously, former President Trump. You think about John Gruden and now Phil Mickelson. See, these are the, these are the types of people, Mike – where they can just drop everything and completely disappear and be just fine because they've got all the money in the world at their disposal and they don't have to care what anyone else thinks of them. So, in my eyes, you're right in that Phil Mickelson can bounce back because Tiger Woods has already proven that you can make some uh, egregious missteps off the course and your reputation will still recover. But at the same time... Even if Phil Mickelson's reputation never recovers, he doesn't have to care. Yeah, he, he's got a lot of money. Uh, I remember, man, this has been like 15 years ago or longer, uh, probably in about that range, when the rumor was that Phil had some major gambling debts and a story was going to be published that was going to come out on Phil. And uh, he is he's not afraid to gamble we know that and now it's legalized in many places obviously and hopefully it will be here in oklahoma soon i'd love that but um those stories never never came out and you know at that point people were talking about man there's a story that's going to break on phil that's going to completely destroy his reputation and there there are some people out there that consider phil one of those guys when the lights of the camera are on phil's on and when the camera goes off he's a little bit of a different guy I don't know. I've heard that. I haven't seen that personally. Uh, see him walking around at Augusta or another tournament. Uh, he's always been, you know, the thumbs up, smile at the uh, the fans out there, the patrons, as you have to call them at Augusta. So, but I don't know. I, I don't think this will be a long term situation for Phil. And you know, you've got to be smart, man, about what you say and who you say it to. And I, I think Phil, you know, thought if he thought this was off the record. Uh, he was wrong, and I trust Alan Shibnick on that. I really do. I think that he's 
he's a good reporter, and I, I do think that he's a trustworthy kind of guy. So it's kind of like Justin Thomas, man. You gotta, you've got to be careful what you say on the on the green when he um, he missed that putt. Remember and called himself a three-letter word, not the four-letter F word, but the old F word with three letters. And Title has said, you know, or it was uh, RLX and uh, Ralph Lauren that said, you know what, we're out. So, anyway, uh, this will this will pass, and I think Phil, you know, will always be considered one of the greats of the game and uh, overall a good ambassador for the game, but uh, his reputation's definitely taken a hit temporarily, and he lost that major sponsor again in KPMG. All right, next hour, Joe Bettner will join us. We'll talk a lot more Sooner Sports. We'll get in uh, to the uh, text as well. You want to text us, you always can, 405-651-3439. Steelman and Thune here on a Wednesday. Hang with us. We've got another hour to go right here on the ref, and uh, I think it might be an award winner. Maybe not. Maybe not. But we're going to give it our best shot. Keep it here. Wake up every morning with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. It's the T-Row in the morning show with Toby and TJ Perry on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Sports Talk, 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Smart decisions bring the biggest returns, like the 2021 GMC Sierra, built on a foundation of professional-grade engineering that brings a strong performance year after year. Offering the world's first multi-pro tailgate, this tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. Test drive a 2021 GMC Sierra today and experience a wise investment that really delivers. See your Central Oklahoma GMC dealers. Are you looking out the back window and you see missing panels on your fence? Perhaps your fence is leaning over or being held up by a 2x4. It's time to call Van Hoos Fence, the metro area's premier residential and commercial fence company. Van Hoos delivers professional craftsmanship at an affordable price. From custom orders to prefabricated products, Van Hoos does it all. Call them today, 405-735-1167 or see their work on vhfence.com. Electric cooperatives don't just generate power, they generate ideas. At Oklahoma Electric Cooperative, we never stop thinking of ways to help everyone become more energy efficient. We invest our resources in technologies that build a brighter tomorrow for all Oklahomans, like our addition of Norman's first solar farm, the OEC Solar Garden. We pride ourselves in finding and creating solutions for today and tomorrow. Your trusted energy advisor, Oklahoma Electric Cooperative. Chapel Supplies You. Family owned for over 40 years, Chapel Supply is proud to serve as one of the largest industrial cleaning equipment suppliers in the U.S. Chapel supplies you with the highest quality pressure washers, industrial hoses, tanks, and chemicals on the market. The certified parts and service team is dedicated to meeting the needs of every customer nationwide. Let Chapel supply you with the products, service, and support your home or business needs. Chapel Supplies You. 
Do you know after a disaster strikes, if you don't take the right steps, you could sign away a large amount of your insurance claim to the wrong company? It's your insurance claim. You've paid a lifetime for it, and you are most vulnerable when disaster strikes. Don't let anyone start work immediately on your property until you know what to do next. Your insurance claim and future depend on it. You need a company to help point you in the right direction. 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver has been the name to trust since 1988. Working for you, not the insurance company. full of anchors meant to keep you in place but the good news is that it's also full of things that remind you not to let them so every time you raise a pacifico let it be a reminder to live life anchors up It's time for the Steelman and Thune at noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Pulse and Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000 or shoot the guys a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Okay, everybody, thank you for joining us here on a Wednesday. I am the Man of Steel, one of America's favorite regional radio stars, as far as you know, and uh, Parker Thune, five-star recruit uh, out of the uh, University of Oklahoma Journalism School, 247sportsouinsider.com. Uh, taking you through a Wednesday. It is a cold, it is a hazardous Wednesday. If you're out on the roads, if you can stay home, please do so. Uh, sleet uh, here in Norman overnight. It was sleeting. Uh, I think it started about 6 a.m. here in Norman, and it continued for a long time. I don't think it is sleet. I'm seeing a few uh, little blowing snow flurries, it looks like, outside the window here upstairs right now. But uh, be careful if you have to get on the roads. Be safe. Uh, look out for the other guy. And if you can't stay home, do that. That would be my advice. Normally, I wouldn't give you my advice because it's never that good. But in this situation, I think it is decent. Okay, here are a couple questions coming in. One via a text to me and another via Twitter that I got. Um, first one, I like this one from my friend Todd because he uh, he texted me because we were just talking about, you know, the Phil Mickelson losing uh, the KPMG sponsorship and this might be a really good one for the text line as well air comfort solutions text line at 405-651-3439 405-651-3439 parker i'm going to give you about a minute to think about this too before you answer because i'm throwing this right at you i just got this text like just before the opens for the second hour started. And by the way, thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, our sponsor for hour number two here on Steel Man and Thune. You know the deal. Exit 70, uh, 72 for a great deal on a vehicle from Seth Wadley and the Auto Group there in Paul's Valley and uh, that incredible promise of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Uh, because I had talked about the... Uh, Phil losing that sponsorship, and, uh, you know, Tiger has done a lot worse things than Phil has, and everybody's forgiven Tiger. Maybe not everybody, but we love a good comeback story. But my friend Todd asking, uh, just texted me, what are the biggest 
shockingly bad sports stories that have really hit you the most? Uh, because Tiger was one of those where you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that happened. And I don't think he's he's asking about like a game like the U.S. Olympic hockey team beating the Russians, which we celebrated the uh, 42nd anniversary of uh, yesterday. I think it's it's like, here's one. When Magic Johnson announced he had AIDS and was retiring from the Lakers in the NBA, there's one. That was extremely shocking. Tiger's first incident, you know, we thought, yeah, he's got this nice marriage with Elon and everything's good, and oh, my gosh, she's running, chasing his vehicle with a 9-iron, you know, reportedly. I, maybe it was an 8-iron, who knows. But, um, you know, and he crashes into a tree, and Tiger's perfect world, this cocoon he created around himself, suddenly crashed in on him, and he's had other incidents since. But, uh, Parker, is there one that stands out to you where you're like, wow, that is crazy? Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson in 2014. The uh, With the kid? Yes, because yeah. I think that, well, that one, you know, it's far from the only such case that we have seen uh, with, you know, that involved a professional athlete, but... For how high profile Adrian Peterson was at the time, and then obviously the fact that he is and was a Sooner, I think that was one that opened everybody's eyes a little bit wider because not only was he the best running back in the NFL at that time and ended up sitting out 15 games because he was suspended by the league, but I think it also probably caused a lot of the fans across Sooner Nation to view him in a different light. and may have diminished the public opinion of him. And much like Tiger and much like Phil Will, Adrian Peterson's image recovered in the public eye, right? That's that's not what yeah. people remember him for now. They remember him for the tens of thousands of rushing yards that he's put up at the NFL level, being one of the five most prolific rushers in NFL football history, and having virtually unparalleled longevity, at least in the modern era, at the running back position. So Adrian Peterson's recovered. I understand that. But you also look at that, <laughs> the large chunk of that 2014 season that the suspension cost him, and he might be significantly higher up the all-time rushing charts right now if he had been able to play a full 16 games, particularly coming off a couple of years in which he had been yeah, at he the was in his absolute prime. top of his game. We all yeah. recall, I think it was 2012, when he rushed for 2,097 yards and came a shoestring tackle in the season finale away from breaking Eric Dickerson's all-time rushing record. Yeah, that that was surprising. And, you know, AD had the incident uh, the other day where, you know, you've, you've got to be careful. He and his wife were arguing, and it got heated, and you don't do that on a plane. And certainly I, the, the incident with the kid, I remember it was a switch because if you're old school, you remember you might have had to, to take the switch every now and then. Discipline was a lot different. It's a different day and age, and people were shocked by that. And think about the environment that Adrian Peterson was in. His dad was in prison. I mean, it was a, you've got to consider the environment that somebody grew up in. Not to excuse that at all. Anytime you leave marks on a kid, that is never good, ever. But, yeah, that shocked a lot of people. Um, O.J. Simpson. I mean, Parker wasn't around. But uh, you, uh, who, who among us didn't watch – the white Bronco chase with Al Cowlings behind the wheel and that whole exchange with the LAPD and him pulling into his home and 
that exchange and then the whole O.J. Simpson trial dominated. I mean, uh, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I couldn't believe it. O.J. Simpson, if I had to have picked my favorite offensive player before Eric Dickerson came around, it would have been O.J. Simpson. He was a cool dude, man. And that was shocking. And then I can still remember the audio driving around because, of, you know, a lot of the radio stations, even the sports stations, would. it was the press conference the LAPD um, had. And I can still remember Mr. Simpson is, is, is a, you know, is uh, we're currently looking for Mr. Simpson right now. And uh, he is, he is uh, I can't remember if they called him a suspect, but he was on the run, basically. Um Okay, so we've got that one. I'm trying to think of another one, and shockingly bad. I'll tell you what was shocking, the mule shoe deal. Now, again, it doesn't compare with some of the other stuff we're talking about here, but just in terms of being shocked, particularly after the uh, shutdown of the LSU question that Kerry Murdoch posed after Bedlam, and then the next day, you know, maybe you slept in or maybe you were out somewhere and you weren't paying attention to social media, and all of a sudden you you know, pop up Twitter or whatever, and there he there he's going to USC. That was shocking to me. Still, um, how about the Steve McNair deal? That was oh, a really I remember bad, that bad bad deal. Aaron Hernandez, another shocker, right? I mean, hey, I'll throw another one at you, Mike. Have you ever seen the Showtime documentary Disgraced about the situation at Baylor in two thousand three? I have not. Ooh, it is fantastic. And obviously the former former OU basketball coach Dave Bliss was oh, the one gosh. that was wrapped up yeah. in all of that. A horrible. Baylor, so. The Carlton was Carlton Dotson murder, right? Is that uh, yeah. Patrick Dennehy was the one Patrick, that was killed. Patrick, but it was yes. Dotson who was yeah. And Dave Bliss trying to cover it up. You know, and Dave Bliss coached at OU. Uh, Dave Bliss was the first coach, uh, I believe, to coach a team in Lloyd Noble Center, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. And, uh, you know, that team that he took that, that won the uh, Big 8 championship at, uh, with with all those guys, Aaron Curry and Al Beal and John McCullough and Kerry Carabine, and, uh, you know, they, they, were a, they were a good team. Raymond Juice Whitley. And uh, I think Dave Bliss left OU with a really good reputation. But, man, this, that was a horrible, horrible deal, no doubt. But if I had to pick one that stood out above the others where I was completely shocked, it would probably be OJ number one. And then probably the Magic Johnson announcement number two. Because at the time when the announcement came out that uh, Magic had HIV, uh, AIDS was a considered a death sentence. You know, we all thought Magic Johnson is going to be, you know, he's going to die right before our eyes, like within a couple years. Now, medications came along, advances in in those medications, and uh, you know, obviously, Magic's been with us for a long time, which is a great deal. But at the time, it seemed like, oh wow, yeah, remember. A lot of the players, Carl Malone, I think we know what Carl Malone's all about now, but didn't even want to play against the guy. They didn't even want to take the court against the guy when he decided he was going to come back and everything. So it was that was a uh, a moment, I think, of education about what that disease was all about, what causes it, uh, you know, um, 
how people react to it. Magic, you know, people turned on Magic all of a sudden, didn't want to be around him, and then his reputation got somewhat because of his uh, playboy lifestyle and everything, and he was also running around on his his wife, Cookie, at the time. Um, But... I, I just remember that being, oh, my gosh, Magic's done, his career's over, and his life's probably going to be over pretty soon. Oh, here's here's another one, Mike, and I can't, I can't believe I neglected to bring this one up because this is probably the first one, the first, like, major scandal of that ilk that I can recall because this occurred during my formative years watching sports, and a couple okay. people have mentioned it on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, Michael Vick. Oh, yeah, the dogfighting stuff, man. Not good, man. Yeah, that was, uh... and that I mean that occurred at a juncture where Mike Vick was the most electrifying player in the entire NFL. He had yeah. just come off a season in 2006 with the Falcons, where I'm pretty sure he had become the first quarterback in NFL history to rush for a thousand yards in a season. Yeah, and uh, man, people love their pets, and uh, that angered a lot of people. A lot of people. And apparently that was kind of part of the lifestyle and the culture, where he was from, you know, with the crew he ran with and everything. I get that. But, man, that angered a lot of people. And Michael Vick, I think, has, has bounced back, and his reputation looks a lot better like, now. But at the it, time, it was horrible. Oh, yeah. Big props to uh, to old Ron Mexico for uh, – the way that he addressed the situation. Ron, Ron Mexico. <laughs> no, but in, in all seriousness. I forgot like, about that. Vic, Vic reacted and responded and rehabilitated from that situation like a consummate pro. That was a guy that when he got another shot in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2009, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he legitimately deserved back. it. He stewarded that opportunity well, and he returned to play in NFL football at a very, very high level and became – a high character guy and a role model off the field and really used that experience as a launch pad to impact others for good. And so that is, I think that's an example. That's one of the examples that I would point to of somebody going through something where, you know, they made a terrible decision and they made some really regrettable choices, but they also dealt with it the right way in the aftermath, kind of the way that we have talked about the situation that Joe Mixon was in as a freshman at Oklahoma and uh, mm-hmm. the way that he has portrayed himself in the public eye and the way that he's carried himself and uh, the things that he's done to kind of rehabilitate his reputation in the aftermath. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, from a PR standpoint, it's kind of like this Abby Broyles deal. You know, if you confess up and say, I made a mistake, maybe I need to take a look at myself, uh, maybe I've got a problem uh, with, with alcohol, and uh, you humble yourself, that's the best way to go about it. But there are a lot of people, when something like this gets out or whatever, and it comes out and they want to blame somebody else or deflect or I wasn't there or whatever, um, and the, the best way to recover is, again, to fess up, come clean, uh, humble yourself and try and, you know, better yourself after that. So, uh, and I think, uh, you know, Michael Vick did that. Uh, Joe Mixon has repaired his image too. I mean, these were horrible incidents too, horrible incidents. But Joe Mixon's beloved in Cincinnati now. And I remember when he was drafted, a lot of those fans were saying, are you kidding me? We're drafting this kid? No way. And the dude is one of the most popular players on that team. He goes out and he plays catch with the fans before the game during warm-ups and everything. They love him. So people uh, can make some really tragic, stupid, uh, horrific mistakes and come back.
No doubt. Uh, all right, so if you have uh, any we're leaving out, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line, 405-651-3439. And uh, we'll get some texts coming up. It is a Wednesday. I can smell the chili, Parker, even though I still have a little bit of this stupid, ridiculous congestion that just won't let go. Like I said, it's like the odor that attached itself to that car in Seinfeld. It won't let me go. But I, the chili smells so good. Mm, I had chili last night. Ah, I, I can smell it already. Chili this is a perfect is, chili day. You, you, you a chili and cinnamon rolls guy? I haven't tried chewy, uh, uh, cinnamon rolls and chili together, but I'm willing to try. Yeah, Sounds just good. just to be clear, you only eat them together. You don't like dip the cinnamon rolls in the chili. Right. Or anything. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's serial killer behavior. But the combination of chili and cinnamon rolls, I guess, is a Nebraska thing. So mm, very interesting. Pretty, and those are two very very quality cold weather foods: chili and cinnamon rolls. Sounds good. All right, let's get back talk some more uh, OU. Football and basketball. We've got Joe Bettner coming up at 135. Keep it here on the ref. From Norman to Lawton to Clinton to Oklahoma City to Tulsa and beyond, the Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. And when you're away, never miss a second with the Sports Talk 1400 app. Pizza Hut has put a full-court press on your game day needs. Let us feed your team with one of Pizza Hut's big dinner boxes. Start with two oven-fresh one-top medium pizzas, then add five breadsticks or your choice of pasta or delicious wings. Or go wild and add a third medium one-topping pizza. Finding yourself in more of a one-on-one situation? Then our any pizza offer is for you. Get a large pizza, up to five toppings for just $11.99 when you carry out. Pizza Hut, the official pizza of the Sooners. Think about the last time you moved. Remember how you said you'd never do it alone again? We know moving is tough, but at Two Men and a Truck, we make it easy. No matter the move, big or small, we'll make it a smooth one. We're the movers who care, and we'll prove it with our full-time employed, background-checked movers. We're local and affordable, and we can help at a price that won't make you wish you'd done it on your own. For home and business moving, call the movers who care. Two Men and a Truck, 405 708-7707. The Women's Choice Awards are in for 2021, naming Norman Regional Health System as one of the country's best hospitals in multiple categories. These awards put Norman Regional in the top 10% in heart, stroke, and emergency care in the country. Norman Regional undergoes rigorous evaluations and prides itself on offering personalized care that caters to the needs of women. Visit normanregional.com to learn more. Texting, talking on your phone, or listening to music near train crossings or on platforms are big distractions. You need to see and hear the train coming. After you're on the train, those things are fine. So remember, Simple things like taking your headphones out and taking your hood off could save your life. Join Heyday during spring break and experience spring break for your wallet. Starting at $49.99, the family fun pack includes one hour of bowling, one large pepperoni pizza, and four 20-token arcade fun cards. At just $65.99, the Revolution fun pack offers one hour of bowling, an order of two soft pretzels, an order of chips and queso, and one bucket of domestic bottled beer. 
With every purchase of Double Dave's $5.99 Pizza Buffet, a complimentary 20-token arcade fun card will be handed out. Offers last between March 11th through the 20th. Join in on the fun and make Heyday a part of your spring break. Life has a way of taking us places we'd never expect. But there are things you should expect like exceptional service and a name you can trust. For more than 60 years, Oklahomans have trusted Bob Moore Auto Group to keep life running smoothly. So whether you're headed to Little League practice or the big game, we'll help you get where you're going. Visit us at Bob Moore Cadillac of Norman, Bob Moore Ford, or Bob Moore Nissan of Norman, all conveniently located on I-35 and online at bobmoore.com. Bob Moore, experience exceptional. We know you're sad that football season is now officially over. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I'm fine. It's just that life is pointless and nothing matters and I'm always tired. Also, I can't sleep. I'm overeating. But you know the ref has got just the thing to lift those winter blues. And that's all of the giveaways we've got with March's Big Dance. Stay tuned to The Ref for all the ways you can win by making the right call and be part of the best 68-team giveaway in the state at Buffalo Wild Wings off 19th Street and Moore on March 14th with prizes from JR's Barbecue, Extreme Outdoor Equipment, and many more of our great sponsors. Want more ways to win? Be sure to stay tuned for The Ref's annual Bracket Challenge. That's this March on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans and the home of all your March Madness ways to win. Make the right call and get your one shining moment this March. Back with you here on Steel Man and Thune at Noon. We have some uh, technical difficulties here in the studio. So we have Mike Steely on the phone line here because his tie line connection dropped. Clearly the snow is at uh, at war with us on this Tuesday. But Steely, you there on the line? We got you. All right, we'll get him back with us here in a moment. But Oh, perfect. Tyler McComas is going to hop in. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Thank you, Tyler, for jumping in. Yeah, no, I... We're, we're, <laughs> I don't know what the situation is on the uh, other end with technology, but we're going to try to get Mike on the phone. Okay, here he, here he comes. We got an old man trying to figure out technology here, Parker. All right. Did we think that this was going to go any different? Though Mike, I will say, Mike does know how to work Twitch, so he is pretty smart when it comes to this. You know, here's the deal. I don't know what happened. I came back from going downstairs, and all of a sudden I looked at the equipment, and all of a sudden it's not connected anymore. And now I'm trying to reconnect it, and it says connection timeout. I was just telling Drake, our engineer yesterday, man, you know, the good thing is when I have to do stuff from home is we've never had anything but a perfect signal. You know what I did? I basically uh, talked to the pitcher during the perf- during the no hitter of the perfect game the other day. Cardinal sin, I did, I cardinal sin, Steely. I know. I so I don't know what the heck. I, I think uh, I'm looking at my internet. Everything else is working. I don't know what the heck could have happened. Very bizarre. I'm glad we got that figured out as soon as we did because we were about 15 seconds from coming back to air, and Steely called me. He called my phone. And said, hey, I, I'm disconnected. I don't know what's going on. And so in the span of about 15 seconds, I had to try and get that figured out, get him wired on the phone line. 
bump us in with music. And then Tyler came rumbling in and said, you need me? You need me? I was like, yes, please. So Tyler came out of the pen, man. He came out. He, he was he sprinted out of the pen. That's impressive. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll call Drake or something during the break and see what could have happened. It's very strange, though. Like I said, the equipment from here has never had this issue. We've had a perfect signal uh, whenever I've had to do this in this situation. So very, very bizarre. All right. Uh, we've got Joe Bettner coming up in the next segment, by the way. And uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Anybody else come up with any other shocking stuff that, you know, maybe you weren't thinking about shocking sports stories where it, when it came down, you were like, Whoa, I cannot believe I'm seeing this. <sighs> well, okay. A uh, couple with regard to Kobe Bryant, uh, one being the allegations of sexual assault that were circulating. Okay, yeah. I, I want to say that Good was one. 2003, if I recall correctly. And then of course the, the helicopter crash that killed him. Now that I remember that was a bombshell. Mike, and I don't know if it's it's one of those things for you, but I can remember exactly where I was when I found out that Kobe Bryant had died. That was like one of those moments where it just seemed surreal. Like, there's no way this yeah. is actually happening. And, you know, Kobe uh, repaired his reputation. I mean, he's still beloved, and that, that obviously was a uh, – it was a very damning incident, uh, looked horrible, and uh, probably was horrible. I don't think any of us completely know all the facts on that, but it certainly didn't look good. It wasn't a good situation, and I remember when he had the press conference with Vanessa there and everything, and, but, um, you know, very bizarre. I'm going to try, by the way, Parker, unplugging this thing, too. Sometimes that just resets it, so I'll do that here in a minute, but... Uh, here's another one. Remember, uh, Blade Runner. What was his name? Oscar Pistorius. Oscar Pistorius. That's right. That was a wild deal too. I mean, I think Keith Morrison even did a dateline on that. Um, is he, is he out of jail? Cause I know. I think that he is. Didn't he spend like, did he spend like maybe a couple years or something and get out? I'd have to Google up. That's, you know, Oscar Pistorius, but I think he's out, right? I don't know. I just I I remember that his his stint in prison was very very short. Yeah, so, that's what I was thinking. Let me find. I'll I'll do some research on that. Uh, somebody said on the Air Comfort Solutions text line the Len Bias situation, which was oh, back yeah. in the eighties. Excellent. Oh my gosh, that's a great call. Great call. Len Bias, superstar at Maryland. I mean, MJ may have been the guy in the ACC, but Lynn Bias, I remember he went into Carmichael Auditorium before, you know, uh, that's where uh, Carolina played before they got into the Dean Dome. And he took over a game, won a game there. He was, and he'd just been drafted really early in the first round by the Boston Celtics. And he was going to be a star in the NBA. I'm convinced this guy would have been a star, like a, at least a five, you know, five-time all-star or something like that. Great player. And then he went out to celebrate, did some cocaine, and died. And, yeah, the Hank Gathers deal was shocking, too, from Loyola Marymount. You know, we saw him collapse on a court. Uh, the court, he had an enlarged heart, I think it was. What is it? Marfan syndrome. I think that may have been the cause of death there. And then he came back, and then he, he passed out again, and then he passed away, obviously. And uh, we saw, you know, I can still remember Bo Kimball shooting that one-handed free throw. Uh, left-handed free throw as a tribute to his buddy 
uh, Hank Gathers. They were both Philly kids who initially went to USC, and then they ended up at Loyola Marymount. And I can still remember Bo Kimball shooting that left-handed free throw in the NCAA tournament. That's a good call on Lynn Bias, though. Excellent call. Okay, Parker, why don't we take an early break right here? I'm going to try and reset this equipment, and hopefully we'll be back on the uh, on our digital equipment when we yes, get back. Yes, uh, Drake Dykin has been uh, working furiously behind the scenes, and he said we should be all clear to reconnect. So whereupon yeah. we take the break, we should be able to get you back on the tie line. Sounds good. Well, the the gremlins, like I said, I told Drake the other day, the good news is we've had a perfect signal here. It's never fluctuated at all. And like I said, I talked to the pitcher in the dugout during a no-hitter slash perfect game. That's what happened. I caused this. Okay, we'll break right here. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Falls Valley for sponsoring our second hour. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or truck. And don't forget about that great guarantee, oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel from the Seth Wadley Auto Group of Paul's Valley. Coming right back, talking Sooner Sports with Joe Batner next. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. At Lander Chevrolet of Norman, we know how important a good start can be. And you feel good when you're prepared for the road ahead. Start every day the right way in a new Chevrolet from Lander's. Plus, with Lander Service Direct, we offer free pickup and delivery for service appointments. From our store to your door, schedule your appointment now at LanderChevroletNorman.com today. Find new roads. When we look back, let's be proud of what we've become. Stronger and wiser, more caring and patient, more prepared and more resilient than ever before. At First United Bank, we're here to help make sure that when we look back, we'll see that we not only survived, but that we're ready to thrive. And that's something we can all look forward to. know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. Win a heart, win a big jackpot at Riverwind. Will you come to me? Maybe cut a lot for a game of poker. Give me everything. Or fall in love with that beautiful blackjack. You're the best. There's 80 grand to be won in our river of romance. And you'll love five times entries on Mondays and Tuesdays. Only at the one. This is Teddy Lehman on behalf of my former Sooner teammate, Josh Tucker and RoofTech of Oklahoma. They guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry that you won't get anywhere else. RoofTech is fully insured and regulated by the Oklahoma Construction Industries Board. So if you need help with your roofing needs, call RoofTech today, 405-703-4245. That's 405-703-4245. 
Needing some electrical upgrades around your house? Don't do it yourself. Trust the experts at Wade Electric. Wade Electric has been family owned and operated for over 50 years and is committed to the highest level of service and safety. Service changes, LED upgrades, electric car charger or backup generators, we do it all. Leave it to the experts at Wade Electric. Call 405-329-1940 to speak with our trusted professionals. Hey, Oklahoma friends, let me tell you a little something about Rightway Insurance. They're an independent insurance company, which means they work for you. They can use their network of providers to search for better coverage and a better deal for your insurance policy. Give Rightway Insurance a call today at 405-607-6014. That's 405-607-6014 to find better, more affordable home and auto insurance. That's Rightway Insurance, 405-607-6014. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center is one of the leaders in orthopedics and podiatry surgery in the state. With six orthopedic surgeons and one podiatrist, along with on-site PT and one of the largest open MRIs in the state, they are able to diagnose, treat, and help with recovery for a wide range of injuries. With offices located across the state, they are never too far away. Give them a call at 405-364-7900 or visit them on the web at orthonorman.com for appointments or more information. That is still such a great intro. I love it. Joe Bettner, Eyes on Oklahoma Sooner Football Newsletter, joining us here on this Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. We are all uh, reconnected and good to go now. Very bizarre how that happened. There's no explanation. None. All right, Joe, we were talking about uh, Sooner basketball earlier, and it feels like uh, Oklahoma is going to have to scale the summit of uh, Mount Everest now, maybe to get to the NCAA tournament, which is going to be very difficult. And look, all these games are very winnable, but without Elijah Harkless and without hardly any momentum right now, you just kind of get the feeling that the, the, the Titanic has taken on a lot of water and might break apart here. What's your thought on Lubbock last night and the Sooners' chances of getting uh, to the tournament now? You know, just not a lot of energy at this point for the team, and I think that they have put together quite a few performances that have been, you know, aggravating from a standpoint that they are losing close games, but the effort is there. And just kind of seeing, you know, the wheels fall off in Lubbock and kind of that environment and that caliber of team just kind of do what OU – that they probably should have done, you know, two weeks ago or whenever they were in Norman. But you know, this is a, this is a, I think it's a quality basketball team playing in the best league in the country. Uh, are they tournament worthy? I, I think that's pretty difficult to say at this point. I know Joel and already has them, you know, on the, on that border of being a, you know, you know, being on one of those playing games, but as it stands, just don't see this team being quite a, quite, you know, getting called on selection Sunday, which might not be the worst thing in the world. You know, you maybe you, you go to the NIT, you build some momentum, you develop some young guys, get them some postseason experience. You parlay that into 2022-23. But just uh, not the way things you thought were going to go after that really good start, but uh, that's just kind of how it goes in the Big 12. What's the missing ingredient for this team, Joe? As you look at the way that they've played, and, you know, it's really easy to point to Elijah Harkless's injury and the fact that they lost him for the season but even before Harkless went down they were struggling to find the basket on a 
consistent basis. They were struggling to get guys like Emoja Gibson and Tanner Groves in a groove scoring, and obviously turnovers plagued this team all year. But if there's one thing from a personnel perspective that you feel like Porter Moser needs to do or accomplish year one to year two, what do you think that is? I mean, he's got to find consistent shooting. I mean, we, we all know that Tanner Groves and Moja Gibson, uh, a lot of these guys, Jordan, uh, Jordan Goldwire, we, we know that what they're capable of in, in flashes and spurts, but there's not a player quite to the caliber of an Austin Reeves uh, that can really carry a team all season and kind of be the, the guy that you can fall back on. Uh, you, you saw that with Reeves. You saw that you know a few years ago with Christian Doolittle. They don't have that glue guy that's just reliable night in and night out. And I don't think that's any fault of Porter Moser that he had to throw this roster together basically at the last minute. I mean, I guess you were kind of hoping that maybe Gibson or Jalen Hill were, were, were going to take a, you know another big step, but you know that hasn't quite happened. But when you can find that reliable shooting, I think that this team can you know go to another level. But I also think it's worth noting that, I mean, Porter Moser, this is a guy that wins a lot of games in just ugly fashion, playing defense, playing physical basketball. It's not necessarily, you know, uh, a consistent thing with Porter Moser's teams that they have that that consistent offense, that high, you know, that, that high-powered high offense. And if he can figure out a way to crack that code and get the guys that he needs in, and he's got some, I mean, if you look at the you know, refreshment class they got coming in next year, you know, there's some interesting pieces. And when, when you get time with these guys to develop them, you're not, once again, you know, putting it together, putting together a team at the last minute, you know, through the transfer portal, you know, I think that things will obviously play out a little bit different. It's honestly remarkable that they did start out so well this season and have fought so well just with under the circumstances of kind of finding a bunch of random pieces and trying to put them all together. Joe Bettner with us, Eyes on Oklahoma, Sooner Football Newsletter, but covering uh, all things Sooners. And uh, I want to ask you, all right, we're, we're putting you in charge, Joe. What do you do about a new basketball arena? The Joe Bettner plan would be what? What would the best situation be for the Sooners, thinking a couple years down the road, getting a new arena? Where should it be? How many seats? Uh, what's going to make it work? I mean, I've been a huge proponent uh, for a long time of them figuring out a way to renovate McCaslin Fieldhouse, keep that attendance number, you know, between five and seven thousand. I know that might seem like a really low number to a lot of people, but that's just kind of where the game is going. Baylor, the defending national champions, is opening a new arena, and it'll be uh, a capacity of seven thousand. I think just those more intimate, more uh, closer environments is kind of where it's going, and. Uh, I, I don't think the McCaslin Fieldhouse idea has much legs, um, but you know, I, I, I definitely do think that there there has to be an arena that has some type of, you know, not necessarily nightlife around it, but just restaurants stuff to do around the arena. It's in a really bad position, just being in that southeast kind of part of Norman, where there's just not much going on. It's hard to get there, especially if you're from, you know, working in Oklahoma City or Edmond. You've got a 6 p.m. game on a you know Wednesday night. That's just a lot to ask of fans, and I think it's you, you can eventually get the city of Norman to okay a, a arena in North Norman. I think that helps out a lot. I don't know if that helps out students, but I mean maybe you get a maybe you get a shuttle that t- that takes the students from the dorms to the arena. I don't know what the what the answer is, but you got to figure out a way to make that thing a little bit smaller. Figure out a way to not make it so spread out because when you go to a game at Lloyd Noble, you're all just kind of spread out you're 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 gradually getting further and further away from the arena 
as whereas a place like Gallagher Iba, if you've been there, it's just you feel like you're on top of the court no matter where you are, you know, in the gym. And so, yeah, I hope that they can figure out uh, that pretty soon because I think that Porter Moser is, you know, what despite what the season has been, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about the future of OU men's basketball. And uh, when they do get that arena in place and when they make that move to the SEC, I think it's going to make a world difference just for recruiting, for fan atmosphere, and just for the program as a whole to kind of reset the culture and everything. In terms of locale, Joe, which camp do you find yourself in? You favor an on-campus or at the very least near-campus venue? Or uh, as the idea that's been floated, which is moving the arena to the north side of Norman off of I-35, you think that holds more merit? I mean, I think the, the arena on the north side of Norman holds more merit, and I think it's a more feasible thing to get accomplished. Uh, but just kind of being a college basketball purist, like I, I, it, it isn't my favorite thing in the world to like see, in a, see an off-campus arena for a sport that's so driven by passion by students and uh, you know, just kind of that environment that when you're on a collegiate campus that it brings when you, you, know, when you go to Allen Fieldhouse or – uh, when you go to some of these, you know, you know Gallagher Iber Arena, when you go to those places, you can feel that, and that's not so much the case. They don't feel like at Lloyd Noble. Certainly not the case if you've ever been down to Austin for a Texas men's basketball game. So it's just it's one of those things where I, I would love to see them find a way to incorporate it on campus and get it maybe near campus corner. That would be terrific. I, I think that's more of a you know, you know a, a big wish than anything. But um, the, I think the North Norman Arena would would be. You know, pretty fine, and I think would make a lot of fans happy, especially the ones that are commuting in uh, from from the metro. All right, Joe. Before we let you go, I know you recently did a, a podcast with uh, the Queen of Norman, Patty Gasso. The Sooner women uh, headed out to the Mary Nutter Classic. They've got uh, you know the Saturday games, especially I think for Tennessee and Arizona, could be interesting. But so far, they are absolutely uh, crushing their competition. Uh, they've got a three-headed pitching monster now. They've got Jocelyn Allo on the cusp of setting the all-time NCAA home run record for a career. She's tied with Lauren Chamberlain. And defensively, they look good. I mean, this Patty Gasso said some great teams. This one looks like it is potentially the best, you know, if they stay healthy and everything. This team looks almost unstoppable. Yeah, no, I mean, this is – it, it kind of feels like you might be in a position – almost where, you know, kind of like in 2013 where you had Kalani Ricketts in the circle and Lauren Chamberlain in your lineup and you had, the you know, one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher, uh, you know, in college softball that we've seen and Kalani Ricketts and then one of the best hitters um, in the sport, Lauren Chamberlain. Now you've gotten to a place where Patty's built this lineup where even if you try to, you know, throw around Allo or throw around Tiara Jennings, there's just so many power hitters in this lineup. And then Jordy Ball, the freshman, I mean, she just looks like a star in the making. The way that she's dominated in the circle, but not only her, but Hope Trotwine and Nicole May, this team has only given up two uh, runs, both unearned, uh, has put up huge, huge stats against, you know, teams that they should put up big stats against, but does not seem like they're taking anyone lightly and uh, is kind of feels like a team on a mission, just kind of hearing uh, from what Patty and a lot of the players are saying, and that kind of feels weird for a team coming off a national championship. But I, I think that OU definitely still kind of is living in that world where they feel like they have something to prove. And, and I think this weekend against Arizona and Tennessee, like you mentioned, is going to be another big test and another big uh, opportunity for OU to make a statement. 
Joe Bettner, ladies and gentlemen. Joe, thank you very much for coming on. We will talk again soon. Thanks. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Joe Bettner, Eyes on Oklahoma, Sooner, uh, mainly a football newsletter, but also covering other Sooner sports, and I've uh, got a podcast going on that, too. Do- Joe does a really good job. All right, we're going to break right here. It is a Wednesday edition of Steelman and Thune. I'm looking out the window right now, Parker. I see the snow falling. Snow flurries right now. There they are. It looks, it looks kind of pretty out there, I must say. All right, when we get back, we'll have some final sports notes for you, Sooner basketball. Again, uh, tough night in Lubbock last night, to say the very least. And an interesting question also coming in via Twitter. We'll tackle that when we get back here on The Ref. New coach, new year, same great Sooner coverage. This is The Ref Radio Sports Network. know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. When the Sooners hit the diamond. Line shot, left field, base hit. Win column, Sooners, game over. We have you covered on the Sports Talk Network. That's hammered to left and deep, and it's a grand slam. This is your home for OU baseball. Sports Talk, 1400 AM and 99.3 FM. The Sports Talk Network, the home of Sooner fans. Touch them all, young man. The Red Sports Radio Network. The Territory Golf and Country Club in Duncan, Oklahoma, offers an over 7,100-yard championship course filled with mature trees, natural elevation changes, and the picturesque Stage Stand Creek meandering through the course. The Territory is consistently rated as a top 10 course in Oklahoma, features a fantastic clubhouse, the Prairie House Restaurant, and many other amenities. Contact Aaron Hess at 580 475 0075 extension 204 for membership options. Oklahoma women's gymnastics is back home to compete in the LNC one final time this season. Join us on Friday, March 4th at 7.45 p.m. as they take on the University of Michigan in a highly anticipated rematch of the 2021 National Championship. Discounted tickets for groups of 10 or more are available all season long. For tickets and more information, visit Soonersports.com slash tickets. Boomer Sooner. I'm Josh Edge, Market President of Armstrong Bank in Norman. I'm excited to share that Armstrong Bank is updating our look to better reflect who we are. We've changed our logo, but the people and values behind our bank are still rock solid. We're still committed to serving our customers, investing in the community, and helping each other along the way. When you bank here, you're part of the Armstrong Bank family. That will never change. Look for our new logo around town. We're eager to share it with you. Armstrong.Bank, member FDIC.
The law firm of Ward & Glass has been serving Norman and the state of Oklahoma since 1998. Ward & Glass has built a reputation based on thorough preparation, attention to detail, ethical strength, and professionalism. We are your community law firm and have consultants to handle all types and sizes of legal issues. Call Ward & Glass at 405-360-9700 and put their 100 years of practicing law the right way to work for you. Or visit us online at wardglasslaw.com. How about some new Sooner gear for the new year? You will find it all at Balfour of Norman on Historic Campus Corner. Locally owned for more than 45 years, Jerry and Libby would like to say thank you to our many loyal customers. Basketball season is in full swing, and you can support the Sooners with a new shirt, hat, or maybe a jacket to keep you nice and warm. With OU baseball and softball just around the corner, they have just what you need for a game or just saying, I am a Sooner fan. The selection of Oklahoma merchandise is second to none, and you will find some unique items that you won't find anywhere else. Look at our new OU recliner covers or some framed photos of OU heroes. Maybe you need a new Sooner flag or license plate frame, or maybe an OU coffee mug for mom or dad. You will find great brands like Jordan, Nike, Champion, Game Day Couture, and others with sizes from infant through adult. Go to Balfour or shop online at crimsonproud.com, where you will find everything Sooner. The Women's Choice Awards are in for 2021, naming Norman Regional Health System as one of the country's best hospitals in multiple categories. These awards put Norman Regional in the top 10% in heart, stroke, and emergency care in the country. Norman Regional undergoes rigorous evaluations and prides itself on offering personalized care that caters to the needs of women. Visit normanregional.com to learn more. It's basketball time in Oklahoma, and that means it's time to head to Inner Urban. Swing by one of their six locations in Norman, Edmond, Yukon, Chickasha, Ardmore, and Tulsa and try their mouth-watering honey pepper bacon cheeseburger and a cold beverage. Inner Urban's cheese enchiladas are the best in America, along with their famous fried chicken club salad. Great food for any taste and friendly service to boot. Inner Urban staff can't wait to serve you, fans. We'll see you when you get there. Okay, we are back. Good to have you with us. Riverwind Casino. It looks like uh, the weather is going to start clearing off on Friday, and um, hopefully you're able to get out, play with your wild card Monday or Tuesday, and get some extra entries for the final drawing in the $80,000 River of Romance promotional giveaway. The drawing is Friday night, 6 to 11.30 p.m. at Riverwind Three patrons' names will be called out, drawn out, and uh, announced again every half hour. So 33 names between 6 and 11.30. Many opportunities for you to hear your name called. And also, they draw out uh, two grand prize winners just before midnight over at Riverwind in that great promotion. The Friday night promotional drawings are huge. Uh, This is the final drawing for the $80,000 River of Romance giveaway. Get out there, win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play. Uh, You can make a night out of it by going to a great restaurant like Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, uh, also at Steak Night at the River Buffet on Friday night. Seafood Night is on Saturday. The Great Brunch on Sunday at the River Buffet. It's tremendous as well. Or the Food Court, the Seasons Food Court, has a brand-new IHOP. You can have breakfast at Riverwind, not just the brunch at the River Buffet. If you want breakfast at 
1 a.m. or whatever. You've got an availability now with the iPod, the uh, IHOP uh, there at Riverwind Casino in the Seasons Food Court. So many dining options, many chances to win. They've got great promotions coming up for March, the $80,000 courtside cash promotion, $10,000 March Blackjack Madness. They'll have a big St. Patrick's Day payout where you can win your share of $15,000, all happening at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Okay, somebody asked me on Twitter, what kind of chance does Josh Giddy have at winning Rookie of the Year? Well, you've still got, uh, what, for the Thunder, I think 24 games left. Evan Mobley of Cleveland is uh, is the clear leader. I, I think he's going to win the award, you know, barring injury or just a dramatic downturn in quality of play, which I don't see, but he's been really good, Rookie out of USC. Uh, probably Scotty Barnes. Second slash maybe Cade uh, Cunningham, who got off to a you know a very slow start initially, but has turned in a tremendous rookie season in Detroit. But I would go Evan Mobley, one of Cleveland, Scotty Barnes slash Cade second, and then Josh Giddy would be next on the list. Franz uh, Wagner um, with the Orlando Magic has also had a really good year. Jalen Green, a lot of people thought he would be the preseason rookie of the year because. Uh, he was going to score a bunch, and, and he's had a decent rookie year, but he's down the line. He would probably be sixth on the list. But Giddy, the, the bottom line is Giddy is, was an excellent pick. Uh, he's not going to win rookie of the year. That's going to go to Evan Mobley, but he is uh, he's a guy that Thunder fans, no doubt, Parker, have got to be excited about. His court vision is excellent. His passing skills are excellent. Uh, if he can develop a more consistent shot, uh, that will help him. But I, I think you've got to feel really good about the Giddy selection for Oklahoma City. Well, you do. Now it just becomes a matter of, okay, which pieces can you put around Josh Giddy to try and right. build a playoff contender? And you got a superstar in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, probably one of the top 20, 25 players in the NBA. Lou Dort has been really good. Trey Mann has done some nice things. So Oklahoma City has some pieces. It's just pretty clear that they're still at least a couple years off. And – the moves that they make over the next couple drafts in particular I think are going to be pivotal because at what point do you quit kicking the can down the road if you're Sam Presti? At what point do you say, okay, we're going to try to be competitive this year? Because you've got stockpiles of draft picks for years and years to come. And you can't keep waiting like Danny Ainge did. Eventually you've got to make those work for you, you know? You've got to make them work for you. So you're right. You, you can't sit there and uh, hold this gigantic hand of cards. You know, eventually you have to play some. I'm with you, Parker. I think that's, that's uh, you know, and if you have to package a couple first-round picks together to move up to get a guy you really want, you do something like that. Well, and that's so what I'm saying. Right. you got all those picks at your disposal. You have more picks over the next few years than you have roster spots. So yeah. you're going to want – like, it's going to behoove your organization at a certain point in time to take a couple of those draft picks and package them for a guy that you really believe can help your franchise get to the next level. Because, again, you can't keep kicking the can down the road. It'll work for so long, at a certain point in time, people are going to lose patience with the process. And so Uh, if you're Sam Presti, it just comes down to, okay, when are you pulling the trigger and when do you decide this is the year that we're going to try and be competitive? As you look at where Oklahoma City is right now, based on where they are in the standings, Oklahoma City would have four of the top 34 picks. And that's, you know, we've got to wait and see what happens with the Clippers again as well. Uh, four, 15, and then 30, and then 34. 
So, you know, and and that is just based on where you are. You, of course, when the ping pong balls drop on draft lottery night, that could change. But we know last year was a horrific, horrific night for Oklahoma City. They got the second-worst scenario they possibly could have gotten. But I think the rookie class that they got is really good. You can't look at any of these guys. Giddy's been great. Trey Mann continues to show he's really, really going to be a good player. I think JRE uh, with that pedigree. With his dad having played in the NBA, and he's looked good also. Uh, Aaron Wiggins has had moments, so uh, the Thunder did a good job drafting last year. And somebody said, man, if you get the fourth pick, you go for Jaden Ivey, man. They've already got a two guard. Look, the NBA, man, is a positionless game to it more than it's ever been. And I love Jaden Ivey out of Purdue. Now, is he Jabari Smith, Chip Holmgren, or Paulo Bancaro? No, you'd rather get the guys that can has have the size and the skill that those three have. But Jaden Ivey, I think, would be a tremendous. And people immediately will say, well, Lou Dort's already there, and they've got plenty of guards. They, they do, but, man, I, he's a special talent, man. He is a special talent as well. Of course, I would love to get, if I had my pick, uh, I still like Jabari Smith, and I think Chet Holmgren is also still developing his game. He's got tremendous size. Uh, he needs to uh, eat more and get a little more muscular, but he's got <laughs> a tremendous. Lying. He's got a tremendous uh, skill set, no doubt. All right, Parker, I appreciate it, man. You and Tyler are coming up locked in. That's a great hour of Sooner football information. Uh, really good. Well done. And uh, then we have the rush coming up at 3 o'clock. Everybody stay safe. If you have to get out, be careful. We will see you tomorrow. Stay tuned. Locked In is coming up next with Parker and Tyler McComas right here on The Ref. recruiting and Sooner News. Catch Tyler McComas and Parker Thune on Locked In. Weekday afternoons from 2 to 3 right here on your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Sports Talk 1400 AM. KREF Norman. Moore. Oklahoma City. And 99.3 FM. K257 DA. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Your Oklahoma women's basketball team returns to the Lloyd Noble Center this weekend. Join us Saturday, February 26th at 4 p.m. as they take on the Kansas State Wildcats. Don't miss your chance to celebrate Sherry Cole and the 2002 OU Women's Final Four team with a special in-game recognition. Discounted tickets are still available for groups of 10 or more. For tickets and more information, visit Soonersports.com slash tickets. Boomer Sooner. Weather can take a toll on your fence. The name to know is Oklahoma's premier fence company, Van Hoos Fence. Van Hoos specializes in residential and commercial fencing in the OKC metro area. From chain link to vinyl fence, wood fence to railings, and specialty fences, Van Hoos does it all, and more importantly, they do it right the first time. Call Van Hoos Fence right now, 405-735-1167, or visit vhfence.com. Van Hoos Fence. Their perfection is your protection. This is Teddy Lehman on behalf of my former Sooner teammate, Josh Tucker and Roof Tech of Oklahoma. 
They guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry that you won't get anywhere else. Rooftech is fully insured and regulated by the Oklahoma Construction Industries Board. So if you need help with your roofing needs, call Rooftech today, 405-703-4245. That's 405-703-4245. Your healthcare providers have an important message about COVID testing. The Omicron variant has brought a surge of testing requests. More and more patients are going to the emergency room for COVID testing, but the emergency room should be reserved for emergencies. Please obtain COVID testing at a lab, urgent care, or dedicated testing location. You can find a list of COVID testing locations at normanregional.com forward slash lab. You can also find a list of local testing spots at testokc.com. Please reserve the ER for emergencies. Brought to you by Norman Regional Health System. Well, doggone it. What happened, Uncle? I broke my daggone MacBook. Hey, no problem, Uncle. You know what? We'll call Bob and Chuck at the Mac Man. Bob and Chuck have more than 60 years combined experience repairing Macs and caring for Mac owners. We can call them up right now at 405-794-8114. That's 405-794-8114. Or reach out to them online at theokcmacman.com. The Mac Man is proudly Oklahoma's most experienced Apple-authorized service provider. Hi, I'm Tim Lasher from my company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We install quality York products. The award-winning York Affinity Series is Energy Star rated and features a money-saving two-stage compressor design. Plus, every Affinity system comes with a 10-year parts and labor warranty and a lifetime warranty on the compressor. Now, you don't need to tell us anybody sent you. Just call the office and ask for me. I own the company. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 579-3113. Get up to $550 in rebates now on qualified York components at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Live from the Ref Sports Radio Network, powered by Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time to get locked in to the best Sooner recruiting and football news with Tyler McComas and Parker Thune. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Interact with the show by hitting the guys up on the Rod Polston Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Or text the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Do it! Just do it! Now, with Locked In, here's Tyler McComas and Parker Thune. I got a really random question on this Wednesday. And hey, is there a better time for a random question on a Wednesday than it was snowy and icy and nasty outside? And no, I don't suppose so. It's the off season. Nobody can go anywhere anyway. Well, if you think back to the history of OU football, they've accomplished pretty much everything that you could hope to accomplish. Multiple national championships, all the conference championships, 47-game winning streak, Heisman trophies. They've, they've done it all. But at least in recent memory, I can only think of one thing that this program has not accomplished. And that's have a number one overall recruiting class. Texas A&M just did it. And my God, if Texas A&M ever accomplishes anything, you think OU could definitely do that. But is there ever going to be a possible scenario, Parker Thune, where OU ends up with a Texas A&M-like class, and I know that theirs was the best ever, but is there ever a likely situation where OU ends up with the number one overall recruiting class? Yes, and in fact, I think it will happen. Whoa, dang. Yes. Okay, I um, I got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit on the side of, woohoo, boy. All the pieces are really going to have to fall into place for that to happen, and I just 
they're going to turn out great recruiting classes, but the number one, uh, okay. Tell I me why it, you think it's going to happen. I think it's a possibility, and I actually think it could happen as soon as 2024, if I'm being completely honest with you. Because, look, here's the thing, right? You combine a historic brand like the OU brand, and you put the SEC patch on the jerseys, and you have a very, very almost overqualified first-time head coach in Brent Venables taking the reins. You let him assemble a star-studded staff with the likes of Todd Bates and Jay Valai, two guys – uh, that have already cut their teeth recruiting in the SEC or at least in SEC territory. And to me, it's honestly a matter of when, not if, OU has the number one recruiting class. Because Ooh, we, will, we will never see Texas A&M put together another class well, like they did this past we got to remember, A&M, a big reason why they put together the number one overall class is it was pretty heavily NIL-driven, you know, and... OU will be active in NIL. They've been active in NIL, but they won't be active, you know, to the level that A&M was. Is it possible that OU could ever have the number one overall class? Sure, it's possible, but in my eyes, a lot of things would have to happen. One, you're going to have to win a national championship, and maybe multiple national championships may be looked at as, you know, the, the king of the sport, just because of where they're located. You might have to have a just legendary in-state year in the state of Oklahoma with guys that come out. You're going to have to have a five-star quarterback that's in the class. I love what you're saying, and I hope you're right. I just think that there's a whole lot of factors that have to happen if we're ever talking about OU having the number one class. I think when you look at what Brent Venables and Todd Bates were able to do at Clemson with a brand and an institution that – has been good over the last decade, sure, and has won a, nas- a couple national championships, but has but has never been regarded as a blue blood, right? Clemson was one of those schools you would classify as a new blood, more so than anything else. Yeah, so totally. You put the OU logo on Brent Venables' pullover, and you do the same for Todd Bates, and you do the same for Jay Valai, and you do the same for, uh, well, you put the SEC badge on Kale Gundy as well. All of these assistants have demonstrated over the course of their careers that they are more than capable of being among the best in recruiting circles at their particular position groups. And so, to me, I th- I don't think it's going to be long. I think by next season, by the end of the 2023 cycle, Oklahoma will be in position to assemble a top five recruiting class every single year. That's how much of an impact this coaching staff is going to have. Yeah. Now, I definitely understand what you're saying about having to win a national championship and to a certain degree about – uh, having to have all the chips fall into place in order to put together the number one class. But I will say, clearly, uh, given that Texas A&M just assembled the number one class of all time, winning a national championship is not well, a prerequisite. Right, It'll yeah. help. Yeah, It'll it, help. But. It, it, and what's interesting is it really took Clemson a while. It really took them kind of a long time during their run to have that number one overall class or to really even have a top three class. I mean, yep. they were competing at a high level. At their height, they were the second-best program in the sport. Some would argue they were the number one program in the sport. But they still weren't routinely up there, you know, number one recruiting right there with Alabama every single year. So that's something. And I think that we know what the clear disadvantage is for OU compared to the, some, of the, uh, some of those other programs. Georgia's just got more four- and five-stars in their own backyard. Same thing with Alabama. Oklahoma's a really good state, and it's a really good state this year for recruiting, but it's going to have to be an epic kind of a legendary situation, I think, for, for OU in their own backyard. Let me put it to you this way. A very, very simple, straightforward question. 
Would you rather, from a recruiting perspective, would you rather have Brent Venables in this new staff or Muleshoe and his old staff? It's not close. I, the new staff. Okay. Not close. Under the old staff, Oklahoma would have absolutely had by far and away the top class in 2023. So, if I mean, they, mind, they had work to do. I mean, it was it was the ranked the number one class early on. It had work to do, but it was trending in a really positive direction. It was trending in a historically positive direction. I mean, I can, and I'm not going to name names because obviously things have changed, and a lot of this conversation is no longer relevant. But. It was very much in the realm of possibility that Oklahoma could have secured seven or eight five-stars in that 2023 class. And there were guys among the five-star contingent in 2023 that were very close to committing when Muleshoe and his staff hit the exit. Two, so, two of those are in a SC right now. Maybe even a Zachariah Branch may have ended up coming to OU. Who knows? Yes, so, so, so my point is... If that's what Muleshoe and his guys were on the verge of assembling at Oklahoma, how much more success is Brent Venables and his staff going to be able to have recruiting in the long term? And sure, maybe they don't have the number one class in 23 or 24, but I do think over the next couple of years you'll see Oklahoma perennially falling in that top five range. And to me, that's why I say we know there's going to be continuity. right? We know this is the last job Brent Venables is ever going to take. We know he is going to be the head coach at the University of Oklahoma until they either run him off the ranch or he retires. I believe and that. so with as much continuity as there will be on that coaching staff, and obviously assistance will come and go, but as long as you have Brent Venables at the helm, as long as you have a figurehead like that that's the face of your program, it can only be a good thing for recruiting. And particularly when you can sell stability – when you're Brent Venables and you can look a kid in the eye and say, I know Muleshoe might have said he wasn't going anywhere, but I can give you my word and everybody around me will back it up. I'm not going anywhere. This is my dream job. Yeah, when I mean, he's, sell- only been at, he's only been at three different schools during the long-tenured coaching you know, years that he's had. So he, if he's selling that, I, you, you should believe it. Exactly. So when, when you can sell championship contention to go along with stability, to go along with NFL development, there will come a point in time, and I think it will be very soon, that Oklahoma will be toe-to-toe on the recruiting ground with the likes of Alabama and shoot Texas A&M at this point well and here's what actually makes me feel pretty good is you know I am of the belief that recruiting rankings matter I, I am absolutely in the case of stars matter now well, Baker Mayfield Tyler these the the development matters as well and you have to get lucky and some guys are you know one or two stars and they end up being players for you but more times than not stars really do matter and look at the teams that have won national championships recently. Georgia, the stars have mattered. They have been killing it in recruiting. Bama, we know that they've been killing it in recruiting. But I was just taking a look at Clemson in recent years. You know, 2020, again, that's the, that's the class that really broke through. Clemson had the number three overall class. It's pretty good. Before that, in 2019, they had the number 10 class. Mm-hmm. 2018, the number seven class. 2017, the number 16 class. 2016 or 2017, the number 16 class. 2016, the number 11 class. So, this is a guy in Brent Venables where, you know, recent history might tell you that it takes multiple top three, top five recruiting class. Well, Clemson was able to get over the hump with only one top five recruiting class. 
Now, maybe the challenge will be a little bit more difficult than that at OU. I don't know. But I, I like that this guy didn't just win two titles at Clemson because they got lucky in recruiting and everything fell into place. Clearly, Clemson here recently has probably developed better than anyone in college football, and that's what you're hoping is going to be the case at OU. Because are you going to consistently, consistently year in and year out, recruit better than Alabama or Georgia? I don't know. That's going to be tough. You're going to have to develop better than they did, or better than they are going to, and BV has done that, man. BV's done that at every stop. There's been one coaching staff in one school that has figured out the balance that must be struck between recruiting and development and been able to become masters of both. And it's Nick Saban and his staff at Alabama. They are the school that can sell elite recruiting and elite development and will be able to cash in year in and year out by virtue of repeated college football playoff appearances and national championships because they can recruit at an elite level and they can develop at an elite level. Oklahoma is going to get to that level. Believe that. I don't know if they're going to be winning six national championships in 12 years like Alabama did, <laughs> but there will come a point in time at which Oklahoma's recruiting and their development put them in the same ballpark as a program like Alabama. And obviously, I am not expecting any program to do what Alabama has done under Nick Saban. It is an anomaly of all anomalies in modern sports, but... What you are going to see, and what you do see year in and year out, right, is that Alabama is not infallible. As good as they are, and as consistent as they are, year in and year out, there seems to be a team or two that can hang with the Crimson Tide. Yeah, no doubt. And traditionally, one of those teams has been Clemson. In fact, more often than not, most often, I yep. would say, over the course of Alabama's dynastic well, dominance, them twice, who Clemson else has, has been that team. On that stage. I mean, Georgia's done it once. Uh, outside of that, Ohio State did it once, and man, that's that's kind of really about it when we're talking about that stage. I don't know if you've had this particular conversation with colleagues of yours at 24-7 Sports, but it was just kind of a random thought that creeped up to my head because, yes, you're right, with the SEC badge, and we know this, OU's going to get a bump in recruiting because of that. But I wonder if now, with what the landscape of the sport looks like, if that SEC badge is going to mean more than it's ever meant, you know, because yes. now as now as things are getting really consolidated, the Big 12 is not going to be looked at as the same league that it has been here recently. Like, you get the point. The SEC has always been where players want to go, but it's by far and away now. Like, dude, it ain't question. When OU and Texas goes in that league, it is the premier conference in the sport. The SEC has always helped you in recruiting. I kind of have a feeling, though, Parker, once OU gets in that league, it's going to be more of a bump SEC-wise than, than it ever has. So it'll be a bump, but maybe even a bigger bump than we think. And it'll be all the more difficult for schools like Ohio State and Oregon to recruit elite talent and not to say that they won't be able to secure blue chip guys year in and year out but if they're in a hotly contested battle for a five-star prospect and you're Brent Venables and you can sit down across from a kid and say hey do you want to come play in what is easily without question the toughest conference in college football or would you rather go somewhere out on the west coast or up north and be able to play three years of really good football and go to the NFL, but you're never going to sniff a national title? The other leagues can't defend that now. You know, used to before uh -huh. when Ohio State won its in 2014, it's, well, I mean, 
you know, Ohio State won. Like, there's no denying that the SEC is the best conference now. So, good luck to the other uh, coaches out there in the other leagues that are trying to defend their own conference shield. Good luck to that. That's the thing, man, is that people don't understand how much of a snowball effect this is going to be. And that's why I'd say, and I'll continue to say, Notre Dame is maybe the one program that can be immune from it because the the pitch that we are Notre Dame is always going to carry some weight, right? You are still arguably the most historic program in the history of college football. You have a very small contingent of schools that can compete with you in that regard. And you have a guy in Marcus Freeman that I think is one of the budding stars of the coaching profession. But outside of Notre Dame, like how is Ohio State going to be able to keep up? How is Oregon going to be able to keep up? How is Michigan going to be able to keep up? With this new SEC, and particularly with schools like OU continuing to make more and more inroads into the recruiting hotbeds all across the country, particularly in the Southeast, there's going there's going to come a point in time, Tyler, at which the elite talent from the Southeast, of which there is a lot, will never leave the SEC. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a fence around it's the going Southeast to be, for sure. It's going to be astronomically difficult for any program outside of SEC territory to pry an elite prospect from Florida or Georgia or Alabama. And Ohio State's done that in the past. It's going to be more difficult. I still think that they'll be okay in the grand scheme of things, but will they be able to break through without that talent in the Southeast and win a title? going to be a lot more difficult for them. And consider this. That fence around SEC territory is going to extend deep into the state of Texas. Yes, it will. Hey, maybe it extends all the way out on the West Coast into California since it's the uh, pipeline of the SEC now, Oklahoma being the uh, closest destination. We'll see. Interesting conversation. Hit us up with your thoughts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Locked in on a Wednesday. More to come next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.
Locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref, staying warm inside the Brown O'Haver studios today. Uh, ha- hey, by the way, want to wish a very happy birthday to our buddy, friend of the show, friend of the station, Travis Davidson. Friend of the state. At friend that. of the state, friend of the fan base, probably friend of the coaching staff, pretty much a friend of everyone at this point. Travis Davidson, you are the man. Uh, can't wait to get up to Tulsa and see him again soon, but happy 33rd birthday to him. And it looks like, Parker, that he's been living it up with some uh, quality eats over the past couple days. Yeah, he's birthday. always living it up with quality eats, though, so that's not out of the ordinary at all. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be up in T-Town this weekend, so I'm sure I'll touch base with him while I'm up there. Nice. Well, yeah, happy birthday to Travis. He's been uh, awesome and a very loyal supporter of us. Air Cover Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Anyone have any uh, hot takes on if OU could be the number one recruiting class at any point? No, no takes on that, but a couple couple different sentiments on the Air Cover Solutions text line. One listener says, BV can sell the recruits that he's the next Barry or Bob. He's a lifer for OU. And, yeah, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about. I think that's that might be easier said than done to sell that, just because I think a lot of people's opinion, a lot of recruits' opinions on stability at Oklahoma is going to be tainted in the next couple of years because yeah. a lot of those a lot of those kids were sold the exact same uh, message under Mule Shoe, and again, Brent Venables is a man of much higher character and integrity than Mule Shoe. No but doubt. for those that don't understand everything that comes part and parcel of the Sooner experience and understand the integrity that Joe Castiglione has made the effort to cultivate with the rash of new hires that Oklahoma has brought into the football program, it might be, like I said, might be easier said than done to sell that, at least for the next couple cycles. It won't be an issue long-term, but in the short term, it might be something that, uh, might take a little extra convincing. Yeah, reason reason one thousand three hundred and seventy four that I love the Brent Venables hire is that man. It's just you know he's going to be around for a while, and I love this hire more than any other candidate that was out there. Matt Campbell, Dan Lanning, like say whoever you want, and you don't leave Oklahoma when you've got this job. Muleshoe did, and I think that he's definitely going to regret that. But who's to say that Dan Lanning doesn't get this job and is looking for the next big, you know, SEC gig? You know, like, how would we have known that Dan Lanning was going to be a guy that you could have around here for 10 or 15 years? Like, you know Brent Vittables. You know what you're getting here. He's going to be a head coach here, like you said, until they make him leave or he wants to leave. You're going to have long-time consistency with that guy. It's another reason why I loved it. One listener asks, has OU started to focus on a particular quarterback for the 2024 recruiting class? No, they haven't. But the guy that I have mentioned time and time again, and that I'll continue to mention because I think he will be a blue chip and I think he'll be a superstar at the collegiate level, uh, is an OU legacy, Mike Hawkins Jr. down at Allen High School, class of 2024, six foot two. 180 pounds, sub 4'5", 40-yard dash. His Touch- dad was a defensive back, right? Yes, he was. Wow, okay. Yes, he was. I didn't know that he had a son that was a really good quarterback. His okay. son's really good, let me tell you. Oh, and I I obviously haven't gotten a real comprehensive look at the quarterbacks in the class of 2024 yet. I think this summer will finally be will provide an opportunity for me to be able to take stock of all the signal callers available in that class, but... Man, I got to watch that kid in person this past year as a sophomore down at Allen. Uh, newcomer of the year in the district, I believe. He can spin it, man. He can run. 
he's got all the tools you look for in a very successful collegiate Well, if you're the quarterback at Allen, <laughs> it means that you're probably pretty good. And OU's got uh, some decent success out of Allen High School, wouldn't you yeah, say? Yeah, yes, they have. Isn't, isn't that a fair assi- Even with guys that haven't even been scholarship players, they've had some decent luck with uh, Allen High School kids. Anything else on the text line before we uh, move on here? Uh, let's see if we can hit one more. Uh, Kendall says, I don't wish Travis a happy birthday because I didn't get invited to the party. Well, well I didn't I mean, either. I, I, we didn't. I don't know if he invited anyone to the party. I don't know if he's having a party. It was probably a who's who of Tulsa peeps yeah, at legit. his party. So don't feel bad, Kendall. Don't hold it against him. I don't. I, don't, I mean, I, I didn't either. Trust me. Hey, I was on the Chuck Oliver show yesterday. It's a college football-centric show out of Atlanta. Chuck's an awesome guy, but he revealed to me, Parker, and I I found this interesting. He revealed to me that he has a friend that's an Oklahoma State fan. Oh, And his friend that's an Oklahoma State fan was bragging to him that, well, I mean, if you look at recruiting in the state of Oklahoma this past cycle, we got four out of the top ten guys. OU got four out of the top ten guys. So really, we kind of matched what they were able to do recruiting in the state of Oklahoma. (laughs) Which I was like, yeah, I mean, okay, we, we had the we had the situation with the with the Shetron brothers up there at Santa Fe. Uh, you had the miss with the Braylon Presley. Now OU's four guys were ranked higher than Oklahoma State's four guys in the top ten of this previous class, if that matters to anyone. But that also kind of had me thinking as well. For as much as we talk about how this new staff is going to really really get after the state you know get after recruiting in the state I wonder how much of a negative that's going to be for Oklahoma State and and I was looking at one guy in particular like Eric McCarty you and I think that if Muleshoe was still here man I I don't know if Eric McCarty gets a scholarship offer no I don't think he does and that's not an Eric McCarty issue that's a previous staff issue because Eric McCarty's got a really high ceiling Oklahoma State may have been in line to get a guy like that in the past I wonder if, and OSU's always going to get kids in state. They're going to get good kids in state. But you you see what I mean here. Maybe they won't have as much success with the high level and some of the underrated prospects as they've had in the past when OU's really going to be taking a, a look at, at more kids in state. So let's take a look at those in-state kids in the class of 2022. Oklahoma got Gentry Williams. They did not get Chris McClellan. Chris McClellan's heart was at Florida. Uh, that's just that's how it seemed all along. That's where he ended up. Talon Chetron, again, extenuating circumstance there. Oh, you got Robert Spears Jennings. Marion Horn would have been a sooner if he would have been willing to play defensive back, but he wanted to play offense. Yep. And so OU said thanks, but no thanks. He ended up going to Texas Tech. Oh, you got Jacob Sexton. They got Jaden Rowe. CJ Brown was not a guy that Oklahoma recruited. Braylon Presley, okay, screw Mule Shoe for playing Braylon Presley. <laughs> that's got to haunt us for a while. It Jeez. will, and it sucks that they made that kid believe that OU was interested in him for as long as they did, and yet they didn't offer because I, they, they were deep in conversations with him as late as November about Braylon Presley potentially getting the offer and going to OU, and he would have gone to OU sure. if he'd gotten the offer. And again, I think that was a case of, eh, you know, one foot in, one foot out for Mule. And then it got just so late in the process. Braylon Presley, to his credit, was 
uh, Oklahoma State's been here for a while. I, I got to stick with this commitment. And then again, the number the ten guy, tenth number ten guy in the class in the state of Oklahoma this past year, Deshaun Brown, straight up wasn't a take for Oklahoma, and they offered him, and he was going to commit, and OU backed off. And again, extenuating circumstance there. There was a whole. Uh, it was an ordeal, but basically Deshaun Brown would have been at OU if OU had been interested in bringing Deshaun Brown to Norman. So I, I look, I understand that as an Oklahoma state fan and as the perennial little brother in the state of Oklahoma, Ooh, shots fired. No, I mean, it's, it's reality. Like you won Bedlam last year. Congrats. Like that rivalry still is not historically close. What is ninety to nineteen now, dude? It's it's so lopsided. It, it, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah so my point good. is, sure, you're looking for any inkling of supremacy that you can claim over OU, which has dominated that rivalry and has blown you out of the water in every measurable measurable capacity when it comes to program prestige. But to say that you're recruiting or even recruiting the state of Oklahoma, even recruiting locally on the same level as OU is, no, that's bogus. Yeah, and that's really going to show this year again. Uh, Jacoby Johnson, we think that he's an OU lead. Luke Hass is going to Arkansas, number yep. one player in the state right now. Jacoby Johnson and Mustang, I, I got to feel good about that one for OU. Micah Tease, feel great about OU still. By Joe, feel good about OU. Uh, Cole Adams, if you don't feel good about OU, which you and I do, Probably be Alabama somewhere out of state, so I um it's it's going to be tough for Oklahoma State to recruit in state to the level of of OU this year, especially with all the high level four stars. Hey, guess what? Oklahoma State hasn't offered Cole Adams. You wonder why that is? Because my inclination would be to say that Oklahoma State realizes they're too small time for Cole Adams. I don't know, man. Um, OU hasn't offered him just yet either, but we got a feeling that that's going to happen pretty yes, soon. I think it will happen soon, and if they don't, I mean, that's it, it's a travesty. It's Braylon Presley all over again. If you let that guy escape state lines, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, and I don't think that they're going to. No, I mean, you just you, you, you can't. At the, if if Alabama comes in and offers one of your, and I, I know with the comparison of everyone will say the running back out of Tulsa that's playing for the Raiders now in the past. All right, Josh Jacobs, but. They'll they'll offer Cole Adams. They're, this the staff is won't won't let that won't let that just go by. Luke has is going to be the one that got away in this class, and you got to take your lumps where necessary. But make no mistake, going forward, Oklahoma perennially is going to be able to secure seven to eight of the top ten kids in the state of Oklahoma. They'll get they'll get just about anybody they want. Sure. All right, coming up next, uh, well, yeah, was not a pretty sight last night in Lubbock, Texas. OU gets dominated by Tech. What's next, though? Like we know what happened, but what needs to happen? What is going to happen moving forward with this team and Porter Moser as well? We'll talk about that coming up next. Also, more of your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come right here on the Ref for the homeless Sooner fans.
Chapel Supply bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Chapel supplies you with the tackle to, with the tools to tackle any power washing job, residential or commercial. They can also service all brands of power washers. Check them out, 6509 West Reno Avenue in Oklahoma City. If you're looking for a new career, they can supply you with that as well. Apply online today, chapelsupply.com. Chapel supplies you. Uh, the entire JUCO world is mad at Colin Cowherd today because of his comments on his radio show uh, earlier this week. I, I guess he was talking about Juwan Howard and said, uh, you go coach junior college, these are big boy jobs, and the JUCO world is upset. I think the NJCAA even put out a statement about it. So, uh, yikes, this guy is uh, always getting bad mentions. Don't feel bad for him, though. Colin Cowherd is in full support of the any publicity is good publicity argument. Yeah, I, I've, I think I've told you this before. I was at a radio conference in L.A. a couple of years ago, and he says, I'm more concerned about being entertaining than I am right. So this yeah. is the type of thing that we're talking about. Which, here. I mean, hey, if that's your M.O., then great. I, a big portion of this business is entertainment. I understand that. It was not a fun basketball game to watch last night. Actually, it was probably the least fun basketball game of the year to watch. But I had one thought as Tech kept scoring and OU kept turning the ball over in the second half. And I do want to say that I am a firm believer that Porter Moser is going to do really nice things and better days are ahead. I do have an issue, though, with the fact that it doesn't really seem like any of these guys have gotten significantly better as the year has gone on. I would argue they've gotten worse, actually. And this team, yeah, as a team, man, like their best ball was played in December, not February and March when the games really matter, and that's and, a little bit troublesome. Well, it is, but it's also kind of understandable because they're playing in the Big 12, right? And that's a meat grinder of a conference schedule. And so it's understandable that they're starting to fade a little bit down the stretch, but at the same time, you got to have that competitive fire to be able to go into Lubbock, Texas, and at least give Tech a game, yeah. man. That was as bad a performance on the hardwood as we have seen from the Sooners in years, probably dating back to the Final Four loss to Villanova, if I'm being honest. And so, yeah, that 40 point loss to Florida the next year at home wasn't fun. Oh, I forgot that <laughs> happened. That's probably for the best. Um, but no, as you as you look at the remainder of the slate for this team, these are three wins down the stretch that they got to have. They got to beat Oklahoma State. They got to beat West Virginia. They got to go to Ramblage and beat Kansas State. It has to happen. And you simply cannot turn in a performance like that where you go on the road and you don't even have a double digit scorer. Yeah. Like to me, that game wasn't a must win last night. And I was already floating the possibility like a week and a half ago that they would lose their next two, sit at 14 and 14 and have a three-game sprint to try and keep their tournament hopes alive. Like It was not it was not news to me that they were going to go to Lubbock and take a loss. But to lose the way that they did, that's a bad look, Tyler. And it no doubt is going to come into play for the selection committee on Selection Sunday because sure. they're going to look at what Oklahoma did late in the season and go, oh, oh what happened that day in Lubbock? Yeah, you're right. they, they got to beat Oklahoma State on Saturday. Got to beat West Virginia. Got to win at Kansas State. That's not going to be easy. I just wonder where they're at mentally right now because not only have you lost here recently, you were at least in games during this long losing streak, you know? But you haven't been the past two games. You got ran off the no. floor in Ames, ran off the floor in Lubbock. 
How do you respond now coming back to play OSU in Stillwater? And the turnovers are one thing. The turnover numbers have been high. That's been well documented. But, man, I don't know how animated you are watching games. I've never watched a game with you before. But I tend to get animated at times. And it's not just the turnovers. It's like some of these turnovers that happen make you go, Wah! What are you like? What are you doing? What are you thinking here? Like cross court passes that go over somebody's head and go out of bounds. It's just like, dang guys, turnovers are one thing, but these are some of the ugliest turnovers I've I've seen before from an OU basketball team. That's what's rough, man. And it's coming from guys that have played a lot of basketball too. Like there's there's absolutely no reason why Jordan Goldwire should be as careless with the basketball as he is sometimes. As a guy that played four seasons at Duke under Coach yeah. K. He's in his fifth season of college basketball. And so the fact that those errors are occurring and the guys that are culpable in those instances are players that should reasonably be a lot more careful with the basketball than they're proving to be, like, that makes me wonder what has gone wrong with this team. Like What went sour? Because they're not the same team that they were at the beginning of the season. And while for the most part I'll chalk it up to the grind of the Big 12 slate, I'm not going to put it 100% on the difficulty of the conference. Yeah, um, I hope that there's a really good crowd on Saturday. This team, dude, maybe more than anything, needs a large crowd, an engaged crowd on Saturday. But with the way that it's played recently, with it being an 11 a.m. tip, and I am firmly in the camp, like don't get me wrong, Bedlam should be a full house. I mean, it's it's Bedlam basketball. It still means a lot. You don't want to get swept by those guys again this year. There should be a good crowd for Bedlam. But there's a difference in should and actually will be. And I just I don't know how great the crowd is going to be on Saturday for an 11 a.m. tip. I don't. People around here hate 11 a.m. starts as it is, and this team hasn't shown you anything exciting here recently to get everyone all charged up. I. I, I, I'm hoping it's not a situation where it's a very empty crowd, but I'm kind of almost expecting it, to be honest. It's such a rough spot for Porter Moser to be in, too, because there's so much optimism in the long term, and I don't think it's any question that he was the right hire and is the right hire. still think that, too. And it's got to be frustrating from his perspective to watch his team fade down the stretch like this, particularly when you have seen this same team give Baylor a heck of a run for the entirety of that basketball game at the Farrell Center and beat Texas Tech by double digits yep. on your home floor and come within one shot of knocking off Kansas at the Fog. This team is capable of playing some good basketball. It's just frankly disappeared over the last couple of weeks. And it's I understand Elijah Harkless went down, but one guy – should not be the linchpin. Especially on this team, team right? It's yeah. not like he was lighting it up. Off- He's a good defender, sure. but it's not like he was lighting it up offensively every single night. I-, I don't know if that Texas loss just broke him or what the deal is, but they are trending down in a hurry, and if they don't win on Saturday, then you could really see this team, unfortunately, potentially drop off towards the tail end of the season. I, I just – I. I just think the confidence is so shot at this point, you know? I I think that that kind of is what it comes down to. Early in the year, they were playing with confidence, and we saw what kind of team that they could be. But any basketball team that's not playing with a lot of confidence, especially offensively, this is I I think that this is kind of the product of that. Because second half last night, man, they were bad, bad, bad offensively. Bad. The aggression's gone, offensively and defensively. 
Like, it's just gone. They're not playing aggressive basketball. And I get that maybe Porter Moser comes from a conference in the Missouri Valley where it was a little bit more effective to play conservative basketball than aggressive ball. And you look at the structure of his Loyola teams of old, they weren't lighting it up offensively. But you're in the Big 12, man. You got to play Big 12 ball. And this team's not playing Big 12 ball right now. And I think they still control their own destiny. That's the thing. They can win these last three games. They can go win a game in the Big 12 tournament. And they're in the field of 68, in my eyes. But just like you said, I have seen nothing from this program over the last two weeks of play that has given me any sort of confidence or any sort of belief that they are capable of doing that. Yeah, I think you said this earlier with Steely, and I think it's dead on. You cannot go into next year with you relying on the same, you know, you can't go into next year relying on Tanner Groves to be your offensive guy or some of these other guys. you got to have new blood in the program that you think can be the leading scorer or leading scorers next year. And you got to have a big. Yeah, you got to have a big that can go toe-to-toe with the likes of a David McCormick, for instance, because Tanner Groves is a good basketball player. He's not that guy. He's a good big in the big sky. He's, at best, an average big in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he could be really good playing offs of another really good big. Sure. I think he could definitely be like a four that plays off a bigger five, but as your traditional five in this conference, totally agree, man. It's, it's really a tough ask for him. Um, so I won't fault him too much because the assignments that he draws on a night-in, night-out basis, I, he probably gets the toughest draw out of anybody on the team, man. Yep. All right, one final segment coming up next on Locked In. We'll wrap it up next right here on the Homeless Sooner Fans.
All right, final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune. And I need you to help me out with something here. There's an article on 24-7 Sports that Teddy okay. and I were discussing yesterday. Now, the title is Transfer Portal Regrades, Player Who Received a Bump After New Intel. I guess there's been some intel on certain guys, and they had a previous ranking. Now they're bumped up. Spencer Rattler, for instance. Okay. Initial rating was 91. His new rating was 93. Apparently, some good things have been coming out of Columbia, uh, South Carolina. Uh, I, that's kind of a dangerous game to play, but okay. I'll, I'll allow it. Continue. Well, there's two OU guys on here. Okay. Jonah Lelou, course transfer from Hawaii to OU. His initial rating was 90. His new rating is 93. What are your guys hearing on what he's doing? Like, what's the new intel as to why he's a better player than he was a month ago? Uh, that's that's interesting. Well, here's what I can tell you. That intel didn't come from me because, uh, actually, the what I had heard about Jonah Laulu was more cautionary than anything else. The intel I had heard from people on the Hawaii end was, yeah, he's got all the physical tools in the world, but the motor is the question. And hmm. he has a tendency to take plays off sometimes. And he's a guy that's prone to loaf. And naturally, that's not going to fly in Brent Venable's defense. So if that is a habit of his, it's going to be broken very quickly. But uh, to answer your question, I, I don't really know what the intel would have been on Jonah Yeah, Lulu, it's, it's just kind of it's kind of odd. It is odd. Only a handful of guys were listed on here. And, I, I mean, we hear things, right, about who's tearing it up in the weight room. Which, by the way, just because you're tearing it up in the weight room does not mean it's necessarily going to translate to the field. But even with the guys that I've heard have had a good offseason so far, he's not been he's not been mentioned. And maybe it's still happening. And, I just I, I don't know. That was. And what do you consider a good offseason thus far? Because they're just doing workouts, right? Like. I mean, exactly. Like Rattler. Okay, there's been positive reviews. What does that mean? Because they haven't had a practice yet. He hasn't really been under center. They haven't played a game. Like, How can you bump him up two points just based off of he's looked awesome in the weight room? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. The other guy that was mentioned from OU was Jeffrey Johnson. Two OU guys were mentioned on here. Really? What's his regrade? Uh, it was initially an 89. Now it's a 90. So just a slight bump. But, okay. again, another guy that I haven't heard a lot about this offseason. Look, I mean, that dude's a grown man. Like, he's going to play a lot for Oklahoma in 2022, and he will be a consistent presence in that interior defensive line rotation. I, I do think it'll be a rotation to a certain extent because I think you can pretty safely pencil in Jalen Redmond as one of the starters at defensive tackle. It's going to kind of be an open battle to start opposite Jalen Redmond, and I would tend to think Jeffrey Johnson has the leg up in that race just based on how much football he played at Tulane and how well he played at Tulane, but... Uh, again, I don't exactly know why players would get regraded just based on quote-unquote new intel. And especially guys that we're not hearing about. And I know that Jaron Kanak wasn't a transfer, but if you wanted to regrade him, like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah sure. And let's, like, let's talk about that, but I these think, are two random guys. It's like, mm, okay. I think the players that would warrant a regrade, if there are any, this early in the offseason, are the incoming freshmen because you get a chance – to see how they stack up physically against guys that have been in a collegiate system for quite a while. And, look, I can tell you right now, three guys that have really stood out from what I've heard are, not shockingly, Jaron Kanak, Javante Barnes, and Caden Helms. Those are three guys that are apparently making really strong impressions just based on the physical tools that they've displayed throughout workouts. So if you, I get if you want to regrade the incoming freshmen – 
based on that type of evaluation, but I I really don't see how you regrade transfers. Now I'm starting to question if it didn't come from you, the intel. <laughs> I'm sure that Joey or Drum would have like told you that they had talked to someone, or if Joey or Brandon Drum had heard certain things, like they would have told you by now. Like where where in the heck are they maybe, getting this hey, intel? Maybe I'm just not plugged in at all. I don't know, man. But I don't know. Odd, man. All right, that'll do it for Parker. Hey, get home safe, all right? Hey, I'm from Nebraska, man. That's true. I don't I don't bat an That's eye at this type of weather. There you go. He, I'm going to be he, out sledding in my 2001 Taurus. Uh, he knows what he's doing. All right, the rush coming up next right here on The Ref, Homeless Leader fans.